The views expressed on this episode of My Take Radio do not reflect the views, thoughts, or feelings of the My Take Radio staff, My Take Radio advertisers, or My Take Radio content partners. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, guys? My Take Radio, episode 360, broadcasting live Wednesday, August 17th, 2016. I'm your host, Rich, and our call-in number is 347-324-3541. Again, that call-in number, 347-324-3541. If this is your first time tuning into My Take Radio, My Take Radio is a variety show covering mixed martial arts, professional wrestling, gaming, and entertainment. Our usual air times are 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Wednesdays for our MMA and wrestling edition. And then Thursdays, we switch gears and jump into gaming and entertainment. Uh, lately, of course, we've been doing a lot of 1130 start times due to just equipment stuff and other issues that we're trying to work on and make sure don't impact the show. Um, as I've said in previous episodes, there is a possibility of moving to 11:30 full time. Still exploring that, weighing out the options. But if the airtime does change, we will definitely let you guys know. Before we get into tonight's topics and tonight's show, a couple of housekeeping items I do want to get out of the way. Uh, first and foremost, our Deadpool prize pack that we are giving away in partnership with our friends at Ripped Apparel. Uh, the contest for that is ending in approximately half an hour or so, a little less then 30 minutes, and multiple ways to enter. Head over to RageWorks.net. You can see the contest there. It is also pinned to our Facebook fan page. It is on Twitter. It is on Instagram. You've probably seen it a couple of times. Plenty of ways to enter. One lucky person will win a Deadpool prize pack, which includes the Deadpool Blu-ray. will also include two pops, a T-shirt, a tote bag, and a print as well. Uh, the T-shirt print and tote bag are from Ripped Apparel. I am including the pops on behalf of Rageworks as well as a copy of Deadpool on Blu-ray. Uh, really proud of the turnout thus far for the contest. A lot of really, really uh, great people have entered and interacted with us. Our Instagram post, which ended up becoming an ad, has received almost a thousand likes on Instagram, which is tremendous want to thank all of you that have come across MTR and Rageworks with, because of that. Um, definitely very grateful for it. Uh, we are also working on making some improvements on 
just the overall presentation. Uh, we actually have figured out uh, some of the stuff we want to do with the green screen. Not sure if we're going to do it for the live shows yet until we resolve some of the lighting. But, of course, one day you'll tune in and you'll see something really cool on the background. But, yes, we are still uh, ironing out the bugs, and we're definitely a lot closer than we were, say, three months ago. So definitely very cool to see that start taking shape in the studio space that we have. Um, aside from that, there is going to be some additional live streaming that will be done to Daily Motion. Hopefully, we'll have that ironed out for tomorrow's gaming and entertainment edition. Uh, but we are going to be streaming to Daily Motion. Audio, of course, will be debuting very soon on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Google Play, which is going to give you guys another opportunity to consume episodes of not only My Take Radio, but all the other shows on the RageWorks network, which also uh, we are currently working and finalizing the rebranding of the current feed that you see on My Take Radio to become officially the RageWorks network. That's something that we are hoping hoping to finally get a green light on by the end of the month. Uh, with regards to broadcasting for the month of August, we're probably going to do live shows next week, but the week leading up to Labor Day weekend, I may not be doing live shows only because, you know, take a couple of days off and also focus on making a couple of adjustments behind the scenes, which, of course, I would be unable to do otherwise. Um, Slick just brought to my attention uh, most of the streams are running up to par. I do want to let you guys know if you are watching it via Twitch, Stream Up, Vaughn Live, or YouTube Live and want to interact with the show, please head over to mtrlive.com and you can interact there with myself, Slick, and any of the other listeners that decide to pop into the chat this evening. Of course, it's a great way to participate in the show if you do not feel comfortable calling in. Did want to throw that? Did want to throw that out there? But as I was saying, uh, the broadcasting schedule for MTR at least will continue. But the final week of August, there may not be any shows. Obviously, uh, just to take a couple of days off, and of course Labor Day weekend and all the stuff that's tied into that. But if anything changes, you will definitely hear it first, whether it be on the site or via our social media outlets. Okay, so we got lots on deck for tonight. Of course. We're going to talk about the build-up to UFC 202 and the mayhem that came out of the press conference today. We are going to discuss the possibility of John Jones heading back into the octagon sooner rather than later, which definitely looks uh, promising, according to Dana White. Uh, there's there's different there's different opinions on that. I definitely want to get into that a bit. Um, a couple of other MMA news, of course, that have reared their heads. I do want to give you guys my fight picks for UFC 202, and we'll be sharing those fight picks, of course, on Instagram if the opportunity presents itself. Last but not least, of course, on the wrestling side of things, we're going to talk about wellness violations. Uh, two WWE superstars were suspended today for wellness violations, and we will be addressing that. In addition, we will talk about Raw, SmackDown Live. Uh, I do want to touch on, obviously, the build for SummerSlam and give my predictions, and as always, if you guys want to participate, our call a number 347-324-3541. Again, 347-324-3541. If you don't feel comfortable calling in, as I said before, you're welcome to head over to mtrlive.com and participate in the chat. And we'll be able to obviously read your questions and comments on air as well.
All right, with that said, let us jump into this week's MMA, shall we? A lot of MMA fans, including yours truly, have been uh, watching with much interest the possibility of George St. Pierre heading back into the UFC octagon uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, a lot of rumors and speculation have been floating around indicating that GSP would be returning back to the UFC octagon in time for the MMA promotion's debut here in New York City at Madison Square Garden. And... As the weeks have passed, more and more uh, speculation has pointed in that direction. Not so much for a debut in the Garden, but, uh, well, let me, re- let me rephrase that, a return to action at the Garden, but just a return to action overall. Uh, in a recent interview GSP did with Bloody Elbow, he actually said that he is once again working with UFC with the UFC for a return fight and has actually turned down exemptions from the USADA in terms of being tested. Uh, GSP said that since he was such a strong advocate for testing for performance-enhancing drugs, it would be hypocritical of him to take an exemption and not allow himself to be tested. He actually has entered the testing pool and can undergo four months of testing to be eligible to fight. With that said, think about it. We are now in August. He's entered the testing pool, so you've got August, September, October, and November. Four months, awfully convenient to get back into the testing pool. But um, you never know. We may, see, we may see GSP at MSG sooner rather than later if everything goes according to schedule. He did have some commentary to, to add to the Brock Lesnar situation, which many of us know he had received. Brock had received a USADA exemption. He said, and I quote, he had a free pass. I think it was an exemption of a month or something like that. But me... I don't want to be an exception because I was very outspoken about performance enhancing drugs. It would be bad for my reputation if I would have an exemption. I don't want to have a a free pass. I don't want to be like everybody else. That's why I'll be starting the process. I don't have any fights yet, but it's going to happen now because I'm getting tested. If I'm tested, it's for a reason. So there you have it, guys. GSP's Octagon return is definitely imminent. Um, As a fan, I'm very excited to see him back in there. Curious to see what kind of a fight they they would give him. As many of us know, GSP vacated his title when, obviously, he was going through some some personal issues. And the title, of course, went to Johnny Hendricks and has been passed around to various other fighters. Robbie Lawler, now Tyron Woodley. And um, I think that's definitely something that many people are going to look at if GSP's return to the octagon is indeed imminent. Because... He essentially never lost a belt. He vacated it. So it paints an interesting picture. Does he go right back into the title picture uh, for the sake of obviously, you know, respecting his, his his accomplishments for that division? Or does does he get a tune up fight and then a possible title opportunity afterwards? It's all it's all dependent, obviously, on the promotion, but also on GSP. I think GSP's reached a position in the sport where he can kind of make demands and dictate terms. And I'm also looking at it from the perspective that as a guy who wants to, you know, come back to the cage, I think GSP is going to want to come back 
to, you know, one of the bigger venues, one of the biggest fights, and also against an opponent that will definitely put him on the map. Obviously, you know, when you look at GSP and you think of guys he's fought or guys that are active, you'd love to see GSP and Robbie Lawler or obviously GSP and Tyron Woodley, uh, GSP, Steven Wonderboy, Thompson, uh, Nick Diaz, obviously. There's there's ample possibilities there that can be executed by, by the UFC, but at the end of the day, it becomes a question of, what's best for not only the organization, but for GSP himself. I mean, for him to come back and jump right into the deep water and take on a guy like, I don't know, Robbie Lawler, it's, it's obviously exciting to see, but the possibility of, of, of his return just being derailed immediately does exist, especially when you look at a guy like Robbie Lawler, who's been just a, a guy that was batting a thousand for such a long time. I mean, he's had wars with some of the best and obviously there's a, there's the rematch with Tyron Woodley. That's definitely out there, which also needs to be done. But all eyes are pointing towards Woodley and Steven Wonderboy Thompson uh, squaring off for the belt next. So we will see what happens. If you're a follower of the ultimate fighter, the next season, ultimate fighter, Latin America, which is, Season 3 gets underway August 24th on UFC Fight Pass. The coaches are going to be Forrest Griffin and Chuck Liddell, and it's going to feature lightweight fighters. Now, the thing that's always bothered me about The Ultimate Fighter is that a a series like The Ultimate Fighter Latin America, while it's nice to have it on Fight Pass and make it exclusive, I really stand by the fact that you're probably not getting the most attention to the sport via the fight pass medium. I really would love to see some numbers with regards to fight pass, but I feel that the, if there's anyone right now that is going after a fight pass audience, well, let me rephrase that. If there's anyone who's delivering content in the same vein as UFC fight pass and succeeding, it is the WWE network. I think the UFC would have benefited from taking something like the ultimate fighter, Latin America, putting it on, you know, on, Fox Sports Deportes, uh, maybe on on a Spanish language station, and then releasing those episodes maybe as reruns on Fox Sports 1 or on UFC Fight Pass. I think that by not allowing, you know, these these developing Latin countries to check out the show and relegating it to online only, you're you're really shrinking your pool in terms of getting uh, the show in front of those audiences. At least that's how I see it. I mean, I haven't seen any metrics on UFC Fight Pass in quite some time. I don't even think it's brought up during most conference calls versus, say, the WWE Network, which we get subscriber numbers quarterly, depending on on how generous Vince is feeling. I feel with the UFC, Fight Pass is just there. And while it is a viable medium, I really don't think that they have the traction that say the WWE network has with its subscriber base. And it's unfortunate because I feel that in the UFC's case, they would probably yield and generate a lot more content. If they were offering a subscription model that gave people access to, I don't know, pay-per-views like here's, here's a good compromise. If you're a, if you're a, a fight pass subscriber, maybe you get the, the, the pay-per-view, the live pay-per-views, you can watch them maybe 48 hours after airing or 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 you know you know 24 to 36 hours depending or who knows you know you could you could do it a couple of different ways um i feel that the way it's sliced 
you have to you have to accept that you're not getting the most value considering the amount of programming that the UFC has. They have the Pride Library, they have Invicta, they have all their old stuff. There's there's ample um, archive footage that they can use to provide hours of content, and instead, you know, it's the occasional prelims, maybe a season of The Ultimate Fighter, and that's it. Uh, again, just not providing a value that's enough to make people want to become invested in another subscription service. Again, it's unfortunate for the UFC because they do have the catalog to create the content. That's for sure. Looks like John Dodson is going to be main eventing. He will be squaring off against John Lineker at UFC fight night 96. Uh, that's going down October 1st. Also on that card, Sergio Pettis taking on Lewis Smolka and also Nate Marquardt back in action taking on Tandem McCrory. Now, you know, the, the, the UFC Fight Night cards over the last couple of weeks uh, have been surprisingly solid, and, you know, with UFC 202 around the corner, we're going to run into another one of those situations where you essentially have a UFC event every week to every two weeks for the next couple of weeks uh, going into the fall, which, which is good, but I also feel that they, they essentially are competing against themselves, I mean, right now this weekend, if you're a if you're a fan of both MMA and wrestling, you got a completely full calendar, uh, starting from NXT Takeover Saturday, UFC 202, SummerSlam on Sunday. Then I believe you have a Fight Night event that following week, plus Raw and SmackDown and any other content. It's it's definitely a stacked weekend, and obviously, if you're only a fan of one of those, then you know your schedule your schedule is pretty straightforward, but. I do feel that the UFC is just cranking out event after event after event uh, with with somewhat reckless abandon only because it just feels like every weekend it's one and some are better than others. And, you know, I mean, I, I saw an, uh, there was a fight night event. Uh, I want to say the weekend of the 7th. That's right, because I didn't do a show on the 10th due to attending the Sausage Party premiere. So that 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 weekend it was that card, which I didn't even know about, and the only reason I came upon it was because I got home and I was thumbing through the channels. I'm like, oh, shit, you know, there's a card tonight because of, you know, no buildup, nothing was going on, and, um, you know, that's that's a big problem. I think that's, that's definitely something that's hurting uh, the UFC more so than benefiting it. That's all I'm saying. It looks like now that BJ Penn has his legal woes behind him, he, too, will be returning to the octagon facing... Uh, very dangerous Ricardo Lamas, and this is going down October 15th in the Philippines. Also on that card, uh, Derek Lewis taking on Marcin Tybura. Um, right now, it looks like the entire event is scheduled to air on UFC Fight Pass. Again, this is one of those instances where the Fight Pass uh, subscription does come in handy because, you know, I'm sure the time difference is going to be a huge factor there, but still... Um, you know, aside from Fight Pass, you, you'd want to try and give that maybe on TV later on just for people to see it. But again, BJ Penn back in the cage, Ricardo Lamas, who is definitely not a pushover in the least. Uh, we're going to see if the prodigy still has it and if he can make an impact after coming out of retirement. We'll see how it goes. October 15th is the date. Mark it down on your calendars. It's been a couple of weeks since I've talked about CM Punk. CM Punk has... Uh, you know, an Octagon debut that's very, very close, closer than many of us think, uh, squaring off against Mickey Gall 
And the UFC has done a really good job of of crafting a narrative for CM Punk. I mean, the special that they did for him this past Monday was tremendous. Uh, it was it was good to see um, a different side of Punk, albeit one that you know many people felt was unpolished and still needed work. And many people questioned how good he is going to fare when he heads into the octagon. But after seeing the special, I I understand where Punk is coming from. And honestly, the UFC is kind of billing him as just an underdog, a guy coming into the sport with, you know, just off the street, basically, and trying to make a name for himself after being ultra successful in the world of pro wrestling. As a fan of CM Punk, I... You know, I wanted to give the I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt, but I also felt that the the documentary and the way it was edited definitely did more to make people um, wary of, of CM Punk in terms of how successful he would be. I mean, some people that were really really excited for his Octagon debut that watched the special said to me they were like, "Man, you know, the editing made him look like fucking shit." Which, again, this is one of those things where we've talked about it with the Ultimate Fighter. You know, editing can, can make or break how a, how a person is perceived. But I understood the, 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 larger, the larger game plan from the organization. I think that they were going out of their way to ensure that fans felt more in common than Punk with Punk than, you know, the casual fan felt more in common with him than uh, wrestling fans did. I mean, obviously, as a wrestling fan myself, I, I'd love to see Punk succeed uh, just because it, it's, it's cool to see a guy wake up and say, I'm going to I'm going to make this transition and maybe I'll be successful. Maybe I won't. I, I mean, Punk isn't isn't writing, you know, he's not writing a check. His ass can't cash. He's like, listen, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to do a training camp. I'm going to fight and let the chips fall where they may. I mean, don't don't misunderstand. He's not saying he's going to lose because. Who, who does? What fighter says, I'm going to go out there and get my ass kicked? Um, but you could tell that there's a natural charisma when Punk is there. When the cameras were on him, he just felt comfortable. And that's obviously, you know, his wrestling pedigree rearing its head. But I also felt that in looking at how he was being approached and how he was being videotaped and how they were illustrating his, his interactions, that, you know, it's... It's an interesting way for the UFC to book a guy because it's not like when Brock Lesnar burst onto the scene. When Brock Lesnar came into the UFC, it was like, here you have this mammoth monster of a man who was an outstanding collegiate wrestler, was an outstanding WWE superstar, walked, essentially walked onto the field to play for the Minnesota Vikings, almost got onto the, you know, almost became a legitimate NFL player in the sense of, of playing on field, uh, you know, and this is from coming from a guy that, like I said, only had wrestling NCAA credentials. And he went on to become a force in professional wrestling, tried his hand at the NFL, didn't succeed, said, I'm going to do MMA. And he just, you know, he ran roughshod through a lot of the competition. And of course, questions, questions can be raised as to the level of competition, um, you know, the guys that he fought, there's there's many things that can be said. But aside from that, stripping that away, it takes it takes brass balls to go in there and possibly get your head beat in and, and you know, maybe get embarrassed. And for guys that are transitioning from pro wrestling 
into MMA, you know, the hardcore MMA fans want to see them get their ass kicked because they feel like these guys are encroaching on our sport and bringing their wrestling and their theatricality to our sport. And to a lot of the people that feel that way, I got to say this. Wrestling and MMA share a lot more parallels than you think. From the theatrics to the politicking to, you know, the egomaniacal guys in charge. There's there's a lot more parallels at work there than you would expect. And, you know, if I were just a diehard MMA fan, I'd still like to see what Punk can do. Because it's not every day that a guy hangs up his boots and goes out essentially on top, writes his own ticket... And, you know, makes the conscious decision to go in there and get his head beat in. Um, you know, it's, it, it's crazy. I mean, he did an interview, Punk did an interview with uh, Peter Rosenberg on Hot 97 promoting the, the evolution of Punk documentary. And he said that, um, you know, one of the things that he said was that he felt it was necessary for them to document the journey to the octagon to show how hard everyone works and how real it is. Uh, He said when he walked into the gym, and this is crazy, he walked into the gym weighing 220 pounds, and now he's a little over 190. He says he felt amazing and wishes he could fight tomorrow. Um, You know, he, of course, did acknowledge Conor McGregor's trolling of the WWE superstars. For those of you that aren't aware, uh, McGregor made some disparaging remarks about the current crop of WWE talent. Of course, he gave some comments to Vince and a lot of the, you know, the older, the, the veterans of the, of the game, you know, Stone Cold, The Rock. But he said a lot of these newer guys were, you know, they weren't shit. And it was funny because, you know, Punk, Punk acknowledged it and he said that Conor McGregor worked the WWE superstars and that, you know, he said he wasn't surprised to see it. And um, he went on to add... There are a lot of tough guys in wrestling, but you don't have to be tough to be in the WWE locker room anymore. He says it's a different world and a different business from when he started and even from when he was last there. Punk said that what shocked him the most was the number of people in WWE who responded and should have known better. Punk says that they all got worked, including Ric Flair. Punk says he's not harping on just WWE because non-WWE wrestlers fell for it too. He says fighting on Twitter is embarrassing. And... You know, I look at that and I, I, I kind of agree. And I'll tell you guys why. We've already seen that WWE willingly let Brock Lesnar back into the cage while still being under contract. That's not something that's going to be done without the WWE getting something in return. What that is has still is still to be determined. It could be anything. It could be Ronda making an appearance at WrestleMania. It could be anyone. It could be one of, you know, Dana White showing up on Raw and hosting Raw or being a guest, you know, guest star for Raw one night. It, there's, there's still, we still haven't seen how WWE is benefiting from allowing Brock to fight at UFC 200. We know that the UFC benefited, albeit with uh, some controversy, but we still haven't seen what WWE is getting out of the deal. And a lot of people... Kind of kind of swept that under the rug, but to see Conor McGregor just just talking shit about everybody, calling John Cena uh you know uh Mr. Olympia wannabe, et cetera, et cetera. Like I understand where punk is coming from. And um you know, I kind of felt that a lot of the guys definitely were were angry and they took it seriously, obviously protecting their craft, and I understand that. But 
we are we are in a business of theatrics. We are in a business of angles and shoots, and and everything is a, is a work, and and it really is. I mean, you know, for for Conor McGregor to uh, you know out of nowhere, so to speak, start talking negatively about WWE's performers, just for for no reason, not really out of not really out of any other, you know logic out besides promoting himself i i understand i mean rick flair rick flair took it took it hard you know he was like what the fuck man you know dude take a bump you know you could come and take a bump and obviously there were wrestlers that took it real personally and they were like look man i will show you that wrestling isn't fake or that we're not soft or whatever the case may be uh, again do i do i think that there is a, a a necessity for you know boxers to shit on mixed martial artists mixed martial artists to shit on boxers mma fighters to shit on pro wrestling no because you know what it is at the end of the day there's plenty of eyes for everyone you know it's kind of similar to how podcasting works a lot of guys come in and you know you want to do a podcast about i don't know shoes and there's five other guys doing podcasts about shoes and automatically you hate them you fucking hate them. You're like, oh, these guys suck. You know, reg- you've never heard their product or you haven't really appreciated their product or even given their product a shot. You just automatically hate them. And and that's, you know, within our nature to be competitive. And that's understandable. But, you know, you can't just write off anyone and everyone just because they're in the same niche as you. At the end of the day, this is the entertainment business, whether it's uh, predetermined results or just regular sports. It is still entertainment. People tune in to be entertained, whether it's antics on field, off field, spectacular plays, amazing coaches, drama behind the scenes, whatever the case may be. We are all tuning in to consume that content in some shape, way or form, period. You know, you tune into to, to Sunday to Sunday football games to watch your favorite team and you're yelling at the screen, you're invested, and you're into it because that's that's what you want to see. You want to see your team succeed. Maybe you got guys on, on your fantasy teams that you want to see, you know, break records or or have spectacular games. And it's no different than watching boxing and rooting for that one particular fighter or watching wrestling and rooting for that particular face or that particular heel. It's, you know, like I've said, there's there's parallels across the board and I, I, you know, I understand where Punk is coming from, saying that you know a lot of wrestlers were worked, but you know it, it's you can't fault a lot of those guys for defending their craft, and some guys just they wear their hearts and their emotions on their sleeve. You know, it's it's no different than anybody that fights with anybody else defending you know the New York Yankees or the New York Mets or the Knicks here in New York City. It's it's no different because if I came on the show one day and was like, man, you know, fuck the New York Knicks. They're fucking garbage. Yes, I'm sure uh, some people are going to be like, yeah, you're right. But then other people that are diehard fans are like, fuck you, you know, what, you know, why are you shitting on the team if you're from, you know, that kind of stuff. And that's what I mean. Like some people are just going to be more verbal and more offended than others. And it's just a matter of how you choose to you know, to apply that energy. I mean, in CM Punk's case, he's like, oh man, you know, motherfuckers are fighting on Twitter. I can understand if, you know, Conor McGregor said that to your face, but it's, it's on Twitter and your paths may, may possibly never cross. But like I said, maybe, maybe this is the start of something else. Maybe Conor McGregor is going to show up on, 
you know, during WrestleMania week or, or something just to, you know, add a little add a little spice to the product. We don't know. But, you know, I, I understood what Punk was was saying. You know, I looked at it from both sides. Uh, the rest of the special uh, with regards to CM Punk was pretty solid. Um, I really liked it. Like I said, the editing wasn't uh, favorable, but it also showed the challenges and the struggles that CM Punk is enduring on his road to the octagon. So if you get a chance, check it out. The evolution of CM Punk, I believe uh, highlights from it are on YouTube. If you haven't checked it out, I enjoyed it. Um, it made me, it made me respect punk a lot more because like I said, man, it takes, it takes, uh, some brass balls to, you know, hang it up, go out, go out on a high note with quote unquote, a safe job to, you know, possibly go out there and get your head beat in for nothing, not for nothing. But what I'm saying is, you know, uh, I sincerely doubt that his WrestleMania, you know, a WrestleMania payday or CM Punk's contract is anything like what the UFC is paying him. I'm sure he's getting paid well, but I I doubt it's it's on par with what he's making in the WWE. I could be wrong, but I just I just don't see it. That's all I'm saying. He's a he's a talented guy, but he's not he's not a Brock Lesnar guy. He's not a guy that's moving the needle. That's not to say that if he goes out there and has a stellar performance that you know, people aren't going to tune in for a second fight and obviously there's renegotiating, but right now it's you know, he's probably making good money, but I'm sure he's not making what Brock made. That's all I'm saying. As I mentioned earlier in the show, there is a possibility that John Jones uh, may be back in the cage sooner rather than later. Uh, Dana White did an interview recently with Jim Rome, and he said um, that John Jones may be off the hook with regards to, US, to the USADA violation. He said, and I quote, well, it's coming back now that it looks like he did not take the supplement that everybody thought he took. We'll see how this thing plays out. I don't even know if this is public. I don't even know if I can talk about it. Normally, I talk about anything, but when it comes to medical stuff, you can't do it. It's looking like John Jones did not take the drug everybody thought he took. It looks like it's something else. I'll let this thing play out, and if that's true, that's what the USADA and the Nevada State Athletic Commission say happened. It could look good for John Jones. Now, it's funny because John Jones, of course, went on social media and put out a little video kind of teasing some sort of good news. He said, I'm sure you guys are curious about the USADA situation. Obviously, I can't get into it because it's still pending. But what I can say is that we have found out lots of really good news, and I'm expecting to be back in the octagon really soon. Thank you guys for your support. Love you guys, and I hope you're spending this Sunday with the people that you love. Um, it's, it's interesting because when you look at this, you could say to yourself, is are are the gears being turned in this direction because the UFC's just taking hits left and right by the USADA or is there genuine cause for the USADA to have possibly you know mis misdiagnosed or missed misread John Jones drug test it's it's definitely an interesting situation and you know it would be it would be you know, wrong of me to say that, oh, you know, John Jones, he's guilty and blah, blah, blah. Obviously, you're innocent until proven guilty, even though, you know, there's there, there was a lot of strong evidence pointing in the direction that he did indeed cheat, much like Brock Lesnar. Now, you know, could it have been an oversight? Could it have been, uh, you know, tainted test results? There's there's a lot of factors at play. But as of right now, um, there's a possibility that John Jones may may get away with whatever it was that they may have found him guilty of. 
we'll see we'll see what pans out in the next couple of weeks i'm going to be watching this with much interest as i feel that depending on what what the situation is and how it plays out it could result in eggs on, in, in egg on the face of the USADA that may put a lot of their question you know their test results and their uh courses of action into in, you know into question so we'll see what happens obviously when i hear something else i will let you guys know all right so to close out uh this week's MMA segment i would like to get into my UFC 202 fight picks uh, for those of you that don't know, UFC 202 goes down this Saturday, August 20th. You got prelims on UFC Fight Pass at 6 p.m. Uh, you got your Fox Sports 1 prelims at 8 p.m. And, of course, the big card, 10 p.m. on pay-per-view. Uh, this past afternoon was a pre-fight, a UFC 202 pre-fight press conference with uh, the co-main eventers and the main eventers, co-main being Anthony Johnson and Glover Teixeira, and main event, of course, Conor McGregor, and Nate Diaz. Um, for the most part, the, comp- the the press conference was civil with regards to the participants in the co-main event. But when it came down to the main event between Nick Diaz and Conor McGregor, first off, Conor McGregor was late for the press conference, which obviously was fuel for the press to ask Nate Diaz the usual questions that will will definitely lead to you know antagonizing and, and, and irritating a guy who's always irritated with this stuff. You know, how do you feel about him being late? Blah, 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 blah. Do you feel disrespected? And, you know, he's like, yeah, whatever, you know, fuck this guy. You know, Nate Diaz being Nate Diaz. So Connor gets there, does his usual Connor shtick. You, you know, I'm the best, blah, blah, blah. I had an amazing camp. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat this guy's ass, et cetera, et cetera. So... All of a sudden, during the conference, Nate Diaz decides that he and his entire team are just going to walk out. Obviously, uh, a little bit of psychological warfare by, you know, getting in the head of the tardy Conor McGregor, which definitely uh, sparked a fuse in him because, of course, Conor McGregor went on, you know, a tangent. He's like, oh, fuck you, blah, 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 your team full of shit, da, 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 da. Middle fingers from Nate Diaz. Next thing you know, water bottles are being thrown by Conor McGregor and all kinds of craziness. Nearly a melee erupted. You know, Dana White ended the press conference abruptly. But I got to say that I was I was pumped, man, when I saw that. I'm like, man. And don't get me wrong. The 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 possibility of it being manufactured is is 110 percent there for for obvious reasons. Obviously, both guys are entertainers. Uh, McGregor more so, but you know, you gotta, you gotta stamp it. You gotta, you gotta make people want to see this card. And the reason I say this is because while Nate Diaz and McGregor is exciting, it's, it's a fight. It's a rematch that honestly did not need to happen that we are kind of being forced to endure based on Conor McGregor's pride and ego. With that said, the rest of the card isn't terrible. I want to just pluck a couple of fights. I want to give you guys my picks for the main card. But on the prelims, you got Alberto Uda, Melvin Vittori, uh, Ning Guang Yu taking on Marlon Vera, Colby Covington taking on Max Griffin, and Lorenz Larkin taking on Neil Magny. That's on the Fight Pass prelims. I'm really excited for the Larkin-Magny fight. I would have liked to have seen that on the Fox Sports 1 prelims. I think Neil Magny is is a solid fighter, and Lorenz Larkin definitely is capable of delivering exciting fights, unfortunately. It is relegated to the prelims 
on Fight Pass. I do want to give a prediction for that fight. While I do like both guys, I think Neil Magny continues to improve with every outing, and I think this is going to be another opportunity for him. So I see, see, I definitely feel Neil Magny is going to walk away the victor. When it comes to the prelims on Fox Sports 1s, you got Courtney Casey taking on Ronda Marcos, uh, Chris Avila taking on Artem Lobov, which um, Artem is a training partner of Conor McGregor, was also on The Ultimate Fighter, so not shocked. Uh, Raquel Pennington taking on Elizabeth Phillips, and Cody Garbrandt taking on Takeya Mitsugaki. Um, with regards to these fights, um, Courtney Casey and Ronda Marcos, uh, Ronda had a great showing on The Ultimate Fighter. I really feel that she is, you know, one or two fights away from just having a, a standout performance, and I'm going to go with her as my pick for this fight. Uh, Chris Avila and Artem Labov. Artem is a, a, a you know a good striker. He's definitely got power in his hands. We saw that a lot during the Ultimate Fighter. Not sure if he's as well rounded to a point as Conor McGregor, but I think he definitely has the the potential to go out there and stand and trade. Uh, Chris Avila, I've seen a little bit of, of his highlights, and uh, you know this fight can go either way. You know Artem stuff I saw, like I said, on the Ultimate Fighter. And Chris Avila, his stuff, you know, it would be a disservice to write him off. Um, in terms of a pick, I'm going to I'm gonna go with Chris Avila for the upset, only because from the, the video I saw of his performances, I saw that he was definitely a more well-rounded fighter, uh, definitely capable, definitely, you know, definitely capable of finishing a fight uh, quickly, that's for sure. And I think he's going to give Artem uh, a bit of a challenge. Does that mean that, you know, Artem's going to get his ass beat? Eh, remain, you know, remains to be seen. Uh, Raquel Pennington, Elizabeth Phillips. I am a, a fan of Raquel Pennington. She always goes out there, gives it 110%. Um, always delivers some pretty standout and stellar performances. And I'm going to kind of pick with my, with my heart on this one and give the fight to Raquel Pennington. Uh, Cody Garbrandt and Takeya Mitsugaki. I like Takeya Mitsugaki. I've seen a lot of his fights. Um, while I feel that he's, you know, this, this could be a, a a good performance for him. He has, you know, the bell curve, like sometimes he's, you know, really high in terms of just standout performances. And then sometimes he just gets taken out and dispatched either via decision or in some sort of a highlight real fashion. Uh, Cody Garbrandt has a lot of, a lot of chatter going on from MMA fans and, um, I think this is going to be a, a standout performance for him, so I'm picking him over Takeya Mitsugaki. Now, on the main card, uh, you got Saba Hamasi taking on Tim Means. Um, don't know too much about Hamasi, so I'm not going to do a pick for that. If I do a pick on Instagram, it's going to kind of be a, a random pick for that. Uh, Hyungyu Lim is taking on Mike Perry. Again, not super familiar with both, even though Hyungyu Lim, I know a little bit more about him uh, because I've seen some of his fights on a couple of different cards. Uh, another fight that you know would be a disservice to either fighter to give a pick on. But this fight, Donald Cerrone, Rick Story, got to go that route. I think Donald Cerrone is a guy that's always one fight away from a title opportunity every time he goes out there. I think his fight with Rick Story will be no different. I see Cowboy Cerrone definitely walking out the victor in this fight. Now, on the co-main event side of things, Anthony Rumble Johnson taking on Glover Teixeira. Um, Anthony Johnson is a guy that's 
you know, after his performance against Daniel Cormier, I definitely feel that, you know, he's got a, he's got a chip on his shoulder. He wants to go out there and prove that he has what it takes to be a light heavyweight champion in the UFC. And I think he has the tools to do it. I just feel that, you know, it's, it's, it's also a psychological game. And I think when it comes to him and Glover Teixeira, Teixeira is not a guy that's going to really go out there and try and get in your head. He, he, you know, he speaks with his performances in the octagon, and that's definitely something that, as a fan, you, you know, you appreciate. But I think Anthony Johnson's going to go out there and he's going to try and make a statement to put himself back in title contention. I see him walking out the victor in this fight. I want to say that it's capable of ending in devastating fashion, as both guys definitely do have power in their hands. Uh, but I'm still going to stick with Anthony Johnson as my pick. Now, the main event, of course, Conor McGregor, Nate Diaz, as I said, you know, a lot of fireworks today at the press conference, and that was just a pre-fight press conference. We're not even looking at weigh-ins, which should probably happen on Friday. Of course, you can watch those on RageWorks.net. I like Conor McGregor. I'm a big fan of his. I think, you know, brash, cocky, uh, a showman, a guy that's capable of generating a buzz for the sport. I have zero issues with this. I just feel that Nate Diaz is scrappier, more. He's got more heart. The guy is a, is a machine. Um, you know, very few guys have finished Nate Diaz. If you look at his record, you'll see that, it, you know, in terms of being finished, very few. Uh, definitely a decision here and there. I think McGregor is going to come up, come out there and really try and push the pace with his striking. But again, Nate Diaz, super durable if Conor McGregor is to walk out the victor in this fight. It has to be, you know, he has to have devastating power to put a guy like Nate Diaz to sleep. Um, that's that's how I see it. I think that while I would like to see McGregor kind of get the monkey off his back, I also feel that him not defending the 145-pound title is a distraction. So I'm going with Nate Diaz once again walking out the victor in this fight. It, it can go either way. I'm going to be 100% honest. It really can. But I think that for it to go in McGregor's favor, there, ha- there's a lot m- there are a lot more factors at play. I feel that Nate Diaz has better Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, better ground game overall. I think that while McGregor has some decent wrestling, I don't think he has enough wrestling to put Nate Diaz on his back. And even if he did, he doesn't have, he doesn't have the control to, to really keep him on the ground and do something memorable. If anything, maybe a little sprawl and brawl, but you're you're talking about you know guys that are coming out of a Caesar Gracie jiu-jitsu, and they're, those guys aren't pushovers in the least. I mean, you know, like I said, Nate Diaz, Nick Diaz, those guys are scrappy motherfuckers, and you got to put in a lot of work, man. You for McGregor to come out of this fight the victor, it's either gonna have to be a war that goes to a decision, or McGregor's gonna have to come out there with real dynamite in his fists to dispatch Nate Diaz. So there you have it. Nate Diaz is my pick. I know a lot of people are going to be annoyed and upset that I didn't pick Connor, but as much as I like the guy, you know, showmanship and, and cutting WWE style promos doesn't win fights. Fights are won when that cage door closes and you are the better man, either on the feet or on the ground. And while I do think on the feet, uh, Conor McGregor has power and, you know, a, a substantial, um, you know, puncher's advantage. I do feel that Nate Diaz has just a, a bigger toolkit and is capable of tying it together 
by you know using the Stockton slap to set up you know uh, something something where McGregor will make a mistake much like he did in the last fight that'll lead to a possibly a, a possible repeat of a submission victory. Again, we'll see what happens. It is going to be a wild night. Like I said, Saturday, August 20th, pay-per-view, 10 p.m. for that card, 8 p.m. for Fox Sports 1, 6 p.m. for Fight Pass. Uh, We're going to probably be watching the fight at the UFC gym. Uh, Like I said, really excited. Weigh-ins most likely Friday, I want to say 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, More than likely 7 p.m. Eastern, which is 4 p.m. Pacific. Keep it locked to RageWorks.net for details on the UFC 202 weigh-ins all right with that bit of predictions out of the way we're going to jump into this week's wrestling lots to cover uh wellness violations raw smackdown uh we're going to give our picks for SummerSlam, our picks for nxt takeover and we're going to talk about the news of the week i know that jay santi from the regular season sportscast who is on 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 the cusp of 50 episodes was going to be calling in Um, I'm sure when he does, Slick will let me know. But until then, let us jump into this week's wrestling. Of course, we had the go-home shows for Raw and SmackDown. And, um, you know, SummerSlam, the biggest event of the summer, is pretty much being viewed by many people as um, an event that can really make or break the success of WWE's latest brand extension. I'm, you know, I don't agree with that sentiment. I feel that with with the deep rosters, that WWE has across the board, and they are. I mean, we're not seeing every superstar, but um, we are definitely seeing a lot of returning superstars and a lot of superstars getting a second look. I feel that the the draft at this point is is okay. It's not it's not destined for failure, even though people would like that to be the case. I just feel that we need we need to see more new stars. We need to see more new matches on a consistent basis. And we need to continue to see a push towards this new crop of talent. You know, guys like Seth Rollins, guys like uh, Finn Balor. We need to see those guys really getting, getting showcased. And, you know, I think WWE's done a good job of that. I feel that on SmackDown there we're, we're getting there. I definitely feel that SmackDown is a bit shallow in, in some departments. I think their, their, their women's division needs, needs a little bit more work. I also feel that certain people that went to SmackDown were would have been would have been better fits on Raw. Uh, Kalisto, I'm looking at you, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, what we what we're hoping for is that the the level of of quality between both shows levels out in the sense that it doesn't become you know the 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 marquee show being raw and the wrestling show being smackdown i think that both shows have the roster and the capability to be balanced but it's going to definitely need work you're going to need the right pieces in play and um with that said i want to get into the bugs for this week's raw which again raw was okay we've had varying levels of quality and um <sighs> 
how how can I say it? There were there were elements of Raw that I felt were were really good towards building uh, SummerSlam, but then there were elements where I'm like, damn, why did you guys do that? So obviously, for those of you that don't know, uh, we started doing the bugs, the bad, the ugly, and the good of Raw and SmackDown. And I got to start obviously with bad news first, and I got to say that I'm not a fan of how WWE has been using Gallows and Anderson. You guys know that Jay and I have talked about this before, that Gallows and Anderson, these guys, don't get me wrong, you know, Carl Anderson looks like the generic creator wrestler in any WWE game. But I also know that these guys are super talented, were a big part of, of, of the Bullet Club movement in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Hell, they were part of some of the best matches and some of the best moments both for the faction and for the promotion. And I feel that since they've come over to WWE and they were relegated to being AJ Styles henchmen, then they were put on, you know, they put on those stupid trench coats that they're, they weren't being utilized correctly. And now with their little feud with the new day, you know, we're, we're being relegated to ball jokes, dick jokes, and, and it's okay. Cause you want to be a little edgy and funny, but that's not, that doesn't work. You know, it really doesn't work for me. And, um, I want to get into that a little bit more. Uh, slick just told me that Mr. Santee is on air. So let me cue him up and bring him in there. Mr. Santee. What's up? I got a boatload. I got a houseload of TRSS individuals, a bunch of rageworks.net individuals here. We were doing a lot of recordings. We were doing a lot of stuff to, help to make rageworks.net the the site to go to. I appreciate and that. I'm sitting here thinking, and I'm sitting here thinking, when the hell am I about to go on? <laughs> it's it's great. I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh for those of you that don't know if you're just tuning in, uh Mr. Santi is celebrating uh 50 episodes of TRSS. They're right around the corner. Um of course, he's released two best of compilations with the very good parts of the regular season sports cast. If you haven't checked that out, make sure you do. And TRSS 50 is definitely around the corner. Yeah, it's, it's been a hell of a ride. It's funny because when I'm doing the compilations, I'm sitting there and I'm breaking it down from episode to episode. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe how the audio went from crap to almost okay. That's great. <laughs> It's, uh, it, you know, it's, it's been a great, it's been a great, uh, metamorphosis for you guys, you know, finding your own voices, uh, bringing in new talent, you know, Josie's boy with, uh, call me when it's over, uh, met fan Matt with views from the five, three, six section and all those guys. So, you know, that's the, the, it's definitely been a lot of great content, a lot of awesome personalities, and we're just going to keep growing from there. That's for sure. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm hoping to progress and get everybody on board that's able to put in the work like I have, like you have, like Joseph's boy have. And like I said, I, I, I just see just more and more content coming on and just more buffoonery and foolishness coming on. Over. There you go. So we, we had the go-home shows for Raw and SmackDown. I'm, I'm looking at the bugs from each show, uh, talking about Gallows and Anderson, which you and I beat up a couple of weeks back. And it, they just, it just gets worse, man. They're, they're stupid, uh, you know, doctor's office segments with, with all the bald puns. I'm like, all right, man, come on. Who's writing this shit? Well, I, I think somebody in the back went and said, hey, you're called Doc Gallows. 
why don't we make both you guys doctors and just you know get get it put a green screen and it's like can we just have them just beat the shit out of people and that's it i i mean that's that's what they were known for with the bullet club you know and i think that i felt that when they were separated from aj i said we got potential here we got something special uh, obviously, the easy thing is to put them with Finn Balor, which I'm glad that they haven't done because that should be something special. That should be a big moment. But I also feel that they're not doing anything to make people give a shit that they're separated. You know? Uh, I actually might. I, I actually believe that there might be a swerve with that coming pretty soon. Okay. I don't think it's going to be that much of a gimme. Well, I, you know what it is. With with that, like I said, the obvious is oh you know they're gonna they're gonna form Bullet Club here with with Balor, and while I think that's you know again that's cool, I just feel that it's already it, it's it's pissing on what's been created elsewhere, much like when WWE created their own NWO, you know you know when WWE created their own ECW, there were. There were elements, there were moments of brilliance, but for the most part, it was just a poor representation of the original shit. Right. I, 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 I don't think they're going to go that route. I actually think there may be a, a faction that's coming up, and it may or may not shock people. Okay. All right. I, so, the other thing I did want to talk about was, you know, and I felt, I felt this was bad. Wasting Reigns and Rusev's match on Raw. I understand you wanted to give people a main event and send people home happy, but why? Why put those guys in that match, which was surprisingly solid, and then expect people to give a shit come Sunday? I took it as what they what they should have done was either a have Rusev go over. That'd be the dirty way, dirty pin way. Right. Or, um, as we recorded earlier on uh, on an episode of, of Terminal Tabloid, uh, Homo Mike made a mention in saying that maybe they should have fought for a stipulation. Maybe yep. it'd be a I agree. Q, um, first blood, whatever. Like, there should have been some kind of stip on there. I definitely agree. I agree with uh, Whole Milk Mike's assessment. I think that that would have been a great way to do it, at least if you're going to give away that match at that point. I just felt, like I said, giving it away without any sort of additional incentive, you know, just sucked all the energy out of anything those guys could have done on Sunday. I mean, for them to give us a, 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 a solid match Monday and then expect them to outdo themselves. Not that I'm not saying that, you know, Rusev isn't a workhorse and Roman isn't capable of a decent match, but those guys put in a lot of work on Monday, and they wrestled for well over 15 minutes. I, and, and, I, and I said that I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that possibly that still might be a sleeper match that people might walk away going, wow, that was actually a pretty good match at SummerSlam. I, I really do. I okay. know that they put everything in that Raw match, but I think that still at SummerSlam they might have one or two more tricks under their sleeves. I also felt, and I, and I put this under the bad category, that you bring back Jinder Mahal, aside from the fact that you put him in the fucking turban again. again. You know, you have him go out there. He has a, a, he has a, you know, he puts Neville over, which isn't even necessary because Neville's over just for the sake of being over. 
But it's like, what'd right. you bring back Jinder Mahal for if you're going to send him out again in the in the in in the stereotypical gimmick? Like, why can't he just be like? I'll give you an example. When Arya Davari wrestled on the Cruiserweight Classic, that motherfucker right. didn't come out in a turban or any of that bullshit. Yeah, you know, he had the kind of Arabic music, but he was just from Iran and a cruiserweight. That was it. Right. No gimmicks, no turbans, no fancy jewels, no no fucking rupees, nothing. I thought, I'm, I, I'm starting to believe, I, and I'll probably be, by, be naive about this, but I'm starting to believe that possibly that he wants to come out like that. I remember when San, Sanjay Dutt was in TNA, he had the gimmick of, you know, the panhandler, the whole uh, uh, Maharishi stuff and all that stuff. And then, you know, after a while, they wanted him to continue to do it. And he was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that anymore. And they was like, cool. And they let him be. Right. I'm starting to believe that Jinder Mahal really wants to continue that. But you know what it is, man? I don't know why. You look at Jinder Mahal. He's not a small guy. You know what I mean? He's in good shape. You could build him as a decent performer, you know? I think I, I, I also think that you bring you bring him up, you maybe try to bring a small level of character development with him, bring him in with the old school and maybe change him up right during his uh, into his, that, that that's the hope. That's that maybe is the hope. But like you said, there's no need to put Neville over when Neville's already over. There's no need for it. Exactly. There's a bunch of other guys that he could have did that with. And I understand where it's going, dude, because you know Neville's going to be like the second cruiserweight champion when it's all said and done. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's it's going to be one of those things that, that, that he'll be always in contention. Yep. Uh, he'll lose the belt. And for like a year at a time, he, he he's he's going to be that face for that. Yep, he's definitely going to be a cruiserweight. He's going to be one of those guys that's going to have you know the the five star match with with you know Zack Saber, <laughs> you know. But I also I also think that um, with that, it comes to a thing. So now they have to find a way to balance out how they're going to manage that whole weight class thing. Because that's now, right. The WWE Universal Championship is not a heavyweight championship, so it isn't. But you know, how, how you, do you class it? Well, they're gonna they're gonna build it as that. It's probably gonna be the WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion. Like it, it's just probably a matter of semantics. But I look at it as the Universal Champion's your main event champion. You got your you know your secondary title, then the cruiserweight guy. If they were smart, and this is one of the few times I'll say it, you should let the you should you should steal from TNA for once. And use the shit where the cruiserweight guy can put his can you know cash in his belt to fight right. for the main 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 event title because I think that the guys yeah. that they're scouting for the cruiserweight classic those guys wouldn't even be w- w- wouldn't be that far fetched as champions like legitimate champions yeah because you know the the the, the, the matches that we're seeing at the CWC is. Phenomenal! It's yep. rid- you know, it is so ridiculous. I mean, and we expected it was going to be something, but I think it's gone far beyond what our expectations I thought it would be. I um, the other thing I felt was bad was you're putting all this work and character development into Heath Slater, and then you just derail it. Well, with the Brock Lesnar thing. Yeah, man. Like I understood where they were going, and I appreciated it, and I thought it was cool. But it's like, 
how many more weeks are when are we going to keep doing that? Like, I understood, hey, we're going to get him in there just to have Brock Lesnar toss somebody around, and that's fine. And I like that Paul Heyman tried to put him over, which was good. Yeah, but it also goes to show you Brock Lesnar and a microphone brings nothing but trouble. Yep. (laughs) As soon as he took the microphone and the crowd went, ooh, I was like, no, you motherfuckers should be going, boo. Well, um, old Mike Mike had made a mention. He was like that. It's it's always either going to be a good or bad or a amazing thing that happens when Brock has the mic. I said, yeah, but you don't understand. What happened at that moment was all three combined, which becomes – a shitball. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's, it's dangerous. I mean, don't get me wrong. When, when Heath Slater's like, hey, I was like, all right, that was kind of funny. You know, and I understood where they were going with him. And I thought, like I said, I liked that Heyman was like, dude, I'm trying to save you. And he's like, I got I to gotta, I gotta provide for my kids. I, and I got to say, I got to say that I really like that, that when that Brock is like, I don't give a shit about your kids. I was like, there we go. Yeah, I wonder who in the back was that quick to hit that button. Oh, dude, that button, I, that button was primed and ready. <laughs> Kevin Dunn was he was tapping it. Kevin Dunn was in the back tapping. Yep, just waiting. I also, I also got to say, and I felt that this was bad. It wasn't ugly. It wasn't, and 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 I kind of put it in the bad category begrudgingly, but wasting that Balor entrance for Raw. You know, I mean, I don't get me wrong; it was phenomenal. Pointless. It was. Don't get me wrong. His paint job. That's when you know, dude, that there's more money on the main roster. When his paint job looked three dimensional, like when he's <laughs> like when you look at the profile, you're like, yo, the teeth look real. Like I was like, wow, they, they really <laughs> took it there. That goes to show you the difference between the NXT budget and the Raw budget. Yeah, but like. did you did you notice that like his paint was like everybody's like that was all I heard the next day. Everybody's like, yo, man, that paint just seemed different, and I'm like. It was then the better. other thing was like you saw the the writing is on the side of his ribs. Yeah, man, it was all <laughs> everything was in detail and full. It was it was you know they, they did a good job, but it was wasted. I mean, I, I I really liked, and it's in the good category, but I'll say it. I really liked just Seth Rollins being an asshole. Hey, have you seen the Demon King? <laughs> just just him wandering <laughs> around being a complete jerk off. It was great. I liked that, and I liked how. He was like, "Well, I didn't find him. I'm taking the night off." I was like, "All right, you know, that was I like that. I just felt that, you know, I and also, I appreciated how good his improv was when the fan jumped the railing. He's like, "Oh, are you the oh, Demon this, King?" And the camera just cut away. Michael Cole is a shit. I mean, he Why don't you just be honest? Like in the NFL or in the MLB when a fan runs into uh, and they they call them out, they'll they'll sit there and say, "And hey, this idiot runs into the field to disrupt it. This is another. We're not even going to show you what this this fan did because they just uh, we don't even give them the publicity." Right. Michael Corson is like, "Oh, he's in a trance, dude. Just say it. This jackass jumped in a ring. He should never go into a ring with a professional wrestler. Like, yep. say some shit." I like I like the video that there was on Twitter of just security just grabbing the guy by his fucking face. <laughs> oh my god it was so beautiful that it was quick instincts that Rollins pushed him and as soon as he pushed him back because you know the guy was blasted he pushed him back he stumbled backwards and the and security grabbed him by his feet so quick he did a face plant and they dragged him the fuck out ah, well, I loved it well you know what I like I like the fact that when when 
when the lights went out for, for Balor's entrance that you just see the security just grabbing the dude. He actually bit a security guard. Oh, he did? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, I got super, super producer Sally with me. I'm putting her to sleep as well. Um, I just thought that, um, I thought that bringing out the demon right now at yep. Raw was, uh, it kind of lost its luster for me. You know, 100%. I, I know that some people were saying that, you know, they might be some individuals who don't watch NXT and they needed to know the difference between, like, the, you know, the Demon King <laughs> and, and... I'm sorry for laughing. Ballard. I got the worst text no, message it's, it's on screen. horrible. But I would have I would have I liked to have seen that they did the whole, like, a whole big video montage of what the Demon King is, the lights go out, and when the light comes back on, it's Finn dressed regularly with his leather jacket, and he just tells Seth, you'll see him on Sunday. Like, something like that. I think it was just a wasted moment on Raw. Well, you know what I liked? I liked when he was doing the interview, when they were doing the profile, and and he was just like, you you know, the Demon King is is you'll see him, and you know they did that like the eye change for Balor, right? Like that's what you got to do, like shit like that. Like you got an effects budget, man. Have a little fun with it, you know. I thought it was hilarious. People were already doing memes of him sitting in that dark room with the chair, and it's like. Next time on the episode of Unsolved Mysteries, that's like, it. What a reference! <laughs> I mean, you know what it is? It, it's it's it. You go and you're like, um, you you go and you decide. Oh, you know, we want to give the crowd something to be excited about. It's like, listen, we know when he comes out for for SummerSlam, he's gonna take 15 minutes. It's gonna be amazing, and people are gonna go fucking ape shit. You don't need to. You don't need. The, you know, uh, uh, as as crass as it sounds, like yo, you don't need to blow your load on Monday. You know, you got no, you got a couple yeah, days. Yeah. You're good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, come on. It's I think they were so eager to, to you know to show off. And by the way, I did not notice that the, the the headdress is made of like old thought belts. Like those are belts that you get for girls at a ninety nine cent store. That is that's like oh, those are the, those buckets. are the, those are the belts that you see at Too Cute in the mall. <laughs> It's like pretty girl. Yeah, that the six ninety nine rack. I was like, oh, you know what okay. it was. <laughs> you know what the thing is, and I was I was telling my wife about it. It's like if you're a comic fan, you know that's that's essentially the carnage paint job, right? But they have to go out of their way to make it look so much not like carnage. But it's like yeah. Finn is a comic guy. We've seen thousands of of different videos of all his different uh, face paint stuff that he's done, and Honestly, if they were smart, man, that would be great publicity to let him do that. I mean, I, I, do I, is Marvel really going to get bent out of shape if he comes kind of painted out like Venom? I mean, let really? But don't they even have, like, like joint ventures with them? Don't they promote, like, Marvel movies and shit? Yeah, like they that? do like, stuff, yeah, but that's what I, I mean. Remember, but even so, remember... Ray used to come out dressed like exactly he had a Captain America outfit. He had this, Silver uh, Surfer, the, the Joker outfit. Like, come on. Yep, he was Silver Surfer. Like, he was the Flash. He was. He was yeah. a lot, and that's what I mean. Like Balor, that was one of the shits that worked. You know, with 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 him on the Independence Man. You never knew. Like, I understand that you want to craft this persona and you want to do that, and that's fine. But then you should let him have a little fun with it. Let him be creative. Maybe. Maybe instead of saying Balor has one demon, it's many demons, and you can change the, right. the paint jobs, kind of like what they did. If you remember, you know, there was a paint job he did where he was Spawn from Image. Yes. And it's like, he's a demon, <laughs> you know, like, 
Yeah. You got to have a little fun with that. But, uh, you know, wasting that on Monday, definitely I was like, damn, you know, that was a bad move. And um, on the ugly side, man, the primetime players and making Darren Young great again, what a bomb of a gimmick, man. That that entire, oh. this entire thing has been. But we knew that was going to happen, though. It's just that we, it's like knowing that, you know, there we, we have a pet that's going to be slowly dying. And it's sad that we know it's going to die. But it's like, Oh, why do we have to go through this? This is just, it's torturous. We knew from the bit that that whole gimmick was going to be terrible. Dude. Then who, who sat there and said, yay, the primetime players are back together again. Come on. Nobody. And here's why. The primetime players were always, in my opinion, pr- crime time with a better budget. Like, that's how I always look at it. Like and, the, a, and a bit more articulate. Yeah, and a bit more articulate. But Crime Time is, was always unique because they still embodied that old 90s New York vibe. Like, the Prime Time right. players, it's like, yo, Titus O'Neil's just a big dude. Like, he's, he's cartoonishly big. And then Darren Young, like I used to say, I used to joke about that he should, you should say that Raw has John Cena after John Cena got drafted to SmackDown, and it's just Darren Young dressed like John Cena every week, doing his move but list, cutting his promos. Yeah, but now you see, you see what they do now that they try to like, because they've already caught wind of that. Yep. So they try to make him like so not John Cena with the mutton chops beard and stuff like that. And it's like, we know you're still the light skinned John Cena. We are the the, the 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 lighter version of of a black guy John Cena. We get it. Nope. And that's and but, but you know what it is. You're also and I said this, and I think I said it when you were on air. Having Bob Backlund there, Bob Backlund is such he creates so much energy because he's so hype because he's insane. That you know a guy like Darren Young who's not all that doesn't have that much of a presence. He just disappears, dude. As soon as Mr. Backlund goes fucking crazy, you're like, who, who's he Who's he managing? Hey, I, I, the, the more, as much as I would hate to say this, but he would need to be like somebody or a team like the Hype Bros. Yep. Because all their energy is like locked in into the same thing. I agree. Um, you know, there were good moments. I got to say, man, we've been seeing some good shit out of Sheamus lately. I think banishing him to like the mid card has been great for him. I think so as well, and I'm I'm happy that they have not weaseled their way to making him a face again. Nope. Let him work the heel as much as he could because he's I always, a shitty face. I'm always a fan of heel. Yeah, I love that. Um, I'm just a bit confused about that whole he and Cesaro thing. They have a best of seven series, but. For what? Well, here's the thing. I think that they're doing. Remember when they did that with Benoit and Booker T? Right. I think, and and the end result was just amazing matches, and there was no real payoff. <laughs> I think. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I I know that these guys could put together, you know, big big match, but they, I, I would think that loser the 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 loser stays on Raw because they're both not happy. And a certain thing, so I think they both want to leave Raw. So it's like the loser stays on Raw. I think winner gets to leave to SmackDown. No, you know what's funny? I think that what's going to start it off. It's going to start with the matches, and then eventually you're going to have a title in that mix. Okay. Like I probably see that gravitating into into the you know, in, into the U.S. title. Oh, okay. That uh, that could that could probably work. I definitely see it happening but, because we we know 
that while Rusev, like Rusev, as much as he's being billed as the U.S. champion, Rusev is is gonna be a main eventer. Yeah, with that roster how it is now, they definitely need to implement some kind of monster heel in there. Yep, definitely. Um, but overall, I also got to say, man, Jericho and Kevin Owens' mic work is stellar. Them fuck, Those two guys fucking up that guy's name during the promo the entire time while trying <laughs> to keep a straight face was tremendous. I don't even know how that guy was able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, I know what your name is. No, I, I, I really like that. I really thought that, that was... That was amusing, and they did a really good job with it. They were like, yeah, Brian, yeah, Stan, yeah, Phil. I was just like, wow, okay. That's kind of, but that's what I'm saying. Those, that's, how, that's how you know that these guys are like professionals. When you're able to do it, and you can look at them and go, oh, they just fucked up. But still laugh because they fucked And plus, you're a heel. You're a heel. You can make mistakes. Yep. That's your car blanche. No, it was, it was definitely good. I, I like the pairing of Jericho and Owens because what's going to end up happening is you're probably going to turn Owens. Oh, please. Yeah. Remember Owens sides with no one, but Owens. Exactly. (laughs) So it's probably going to be, he's going to turn on Jericho and then you'll get a feud out of those two, which will be, which will be tremendous. You know, Uh, I'm just, I'm more surprised that Jericho has been here for as long as he has. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's kind of enjoying the ride and I think he's reached a point where as long as the gimmick and the matches aren't completely ludicrous, you know, he'll hang out, you know, he'll put guys over, he'll help dudes. I thought that it was, I thought he would uh Fozzie would have a tour in like Munich, Germany or fucking and, and New Zealand that he had to leave to, but you know, he's still around. Nah, he did a good he did a good job. Did a good job. Uh on the SmackDown side of things, um there were there were definitely some bugs this week. Uh, Heath Slater and Randy Orton, <laughs> again, I understood what they were doing, but how much longer can this go on? Uh, also, yeah. also, Kalisto just being, it's like, yo, what about that Be A Star campaign, kid? <laughs> yeah, it's almost balancing on, on prison rape. If, if, yo, when he had his face, pre- going on Baron Corbin's face, you know, when he's pressed up against the wall, I'm like, yo, what is happening here? All I thought of was Heidenreich. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it's looking like. I'm like, I'm like, yo, and on top of that, again, cruiserweights going to Raw, but yet let's take the smallest guy and send him to SmackDown. Why? <laughs> Who knows? May. Maybe magic can happen. Nah, I, I, I think I, I think there's gonna be some kind of trading going on sooner or later. Like if they would have sent Sin Cara to SmackDown, I'd be cool with that because he's a he's a bigger guy. You know, he's a mass dude. You can you can you can definitely push him, and he's a bigger guy mixing it up. But like Baron Corbin, it's like when Kevin Nash fought Rey Mysterio, right? Definitely bad. I don't know. It, it's just yeah. I think it's I think it's one of those things that. They want to go back. It reminds me when I used to play. I believe it was a uh, SmackDown versus Raw. I think it was '08 when you would book your own. You do the GM and you had to do storylines. This is their um, David versus Goliath thing. Yep. Yeah, you need the big man versus the little man. You know, I I think that while it's good, it's um, I just I just feel that it's 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 misusing a guy who can essentially be your your Rey Mysterio, you know, and possibly. Elevate that cruiser division, Correct. that cruiserweight division, without even having the belt. Like it'll just it'll be something to elevate it. 
No, I agree. I felt also when it came down to like ugly moments on SmackDown, that Rowan Ambrose match was fucking bowling shoe ugly. <laughs> I think I think Rowan is basically um, missing his cues when it comes to spots because he did that spinning heel kick, and it basically totally missed fucking Ambrose. Yep. And they're, the announcers are trying to sell that shit so much. I was like, no. Nope. Ambrose sold that shit. <laughs> it was it was it was bad, man. Like Rowan's in that he's in that fucking situation where send him back to NXT and repackage him as someone new. Yeah, Bray Bray didn't walk out because it was the angle. Yep. Bray walked out in disgust. <laughs> yep, Bray walked out, out because he's like, yo, this cornball reverse Sheamus looking clown just just <laughs> fucked up a spin kick. Beat it. He's like Fuck this. It's like, yo, can can I get Luke Harper's phone number to see when he's coming back? I'll even take him on crutches right now. <laughs> yo, it was it was bad, man. And and it's like yeah. I, it's like Ambrose had to make that look good. And I even said it. I said when the draft happened, I said there's a few guys on there that's on the future endeavored list and he's definitely one of them. He is, unless like I said, they repackage him, they make him lose the they make him lose the butt crack overalls. Because that's just... While Braun Strowman is over there having a hell of a time at Raw. Oh, yeah. He's just he's fighting, you know, uh, uh, Barry Smith from, from you know, from Iowa. <laughs> what do you think about that, though? Them bringing back, you know, jobber matches. And, you on, know what it on, is? On, on Ragdown Smack, and SmackDown. I understand. You know, it was funny because Triple H did a conference call today. And they asked him about that. And he goes, you know what it is? We're taking superstars like Braun Strowman, Nia Jax... And we are putting him in these matches. And it was interesting what he said. He was saying that he also did it because it would allow people to see a different dynamic from them. Which, eh, I kind of felt it was a little bit of a gimmicky answer that he gave. But I also understood it because by having Braun Strowman go out there and, like, manhandle these dudes, you're, you're already creating the narrative that, yo, this guy's a monster. I mean, he looks the part, but now you don't have the hard Bray Wyatt sell. You don't got to do all this shit. So now you can just let him go out there and kind of just let him work, which is funny because I said this before, everybody swears that he's this incredibly underrated worker that's going to go out there and have these stellar matches. We'll see what happens. I mean, I understand how it's supposed to be in the grand scheme of things, so I'm not going to write it off yet, but you can't do it for too long. I'm always on board with jobber matches because, A, it gives everybody some type of, you know, look or payday when it comes to lower guys who come up and they're like, you know, who knows, that person could be the next fucking Mick Foley or That's right. like that. Right. So they be like, oh, shit. Or, or, it, or it's even let them be in Brooklyn and Strowman has a match and there'll be a fucking guy from, like, House of Glory or some shit. Right, like right, right. Doing a job. Right, but that's so what I mean. I always love that. I think, I think there's... Also, Go ahead. I always, it always, it always beckons me back to when I was younger, and I would watch, you know, Wrestling Challenge or WWE Superstars, and that's all you had was squash jobber matches, and what you sat there and you was like, wow, I can't wait to see this person fight a certain individual, and it, it would have to be at a pay per view, yep, or at like Saturday night's main event. Yep. No, I, I definitely agree. Like I said, I think there's a purpose. I think there's a, there's use. I just feel that. You can't be. You can't make it a crutch. 
You know, right. like you could do it. Like oh, you're not gonna do it for three months. No, it's not no. gonna happen. No. I mean, with Nia Jax, I mean, how many divas, how many women can you put in there? You know, like at that rate. <laughs> but um, probably some, anybody but Sasha and Charlotte would be the squash. Pretty much. I mean, in, in terms of the ugly man, the Eva Marie thing is getting way out of hand. Uh, you think so? I I, I want to see how far they can take it. Like I liked. The I only thought it was getting really ridiculous. I thought the last one with her stuck in traffic. Yep, was that's what I was about to say. Fuck, they redeemed. They redeemed it. Like I said, it was still ugly because it's like, all right. Because right. I, I, I said to my wife, I'm like, she's gonna fucking show up like right when the match is gonna be over or some shit, and that'll be it. But it was funny when the guy's like, oh, but she's in traffic, and it was just, I, I was like, all right, we got it, and, and you know, I think that it's funny, but. When people are fighting for TV time to waste it, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have that extra hour that Raw has. I think they're also just piggybacking off the fact that everyone knows that she's hated. Yep. So they want to just give her even the more. He says, you know what? You don't like her? Well, we're going to give you even more reason not to like her. Yep. Now, now she's going to be at freaking SummerSlam in Brooklyn. The next thing is going to be the beguiling. Yep. Will not come to the ring because she's at the police station because she was mugged. Yep. Like something. Like something. Yeah. Like something. Something really (laughs) terrible. I. I will say though. Oh, she was stuck at fucking rush hour traffic on a Sunday on the train. Eva Marie will not be here because she is stuck on the L I R R. Her Uber made the wrong turn on the BQE. Yep. I mean, there there was something good out of that, though, and that was Naomi's re-debut. Because when they did the entrance and they put work in, I mean, don't get me wrong, the, the twerking and everything else was exactly what you would expect. But I did say, holy shit, they gave her an entrance that's going to make kids go fucking crazy. Oh, yeah, that's definitely the bonus. Because even my daughter, Super Producer Sally, was sitting there. I was like, what the? She's got lights and all this now? I was like, well, there it goes. That's the cha-ching. Yep, I was she's just like. Ba- she's going to be the Bailey of SmackDown. Yeah, it was It was, It was. was good. Uh, you know, it was cool. You know, she had a glow-in-the-dark mouth guard. Like, they really put work in. But again. It's all fun and games until it's time to actually make her have matches. Because she can wrestle. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, all right, you did all this. You put in all this work. You got the light show. You got the badass music. All this stuff. It's great. Everybody's into it. Now, how about creating a belt? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm wondering how long she's going to be able to wrestle in that contraption she had on. Yep. That's like a full body, like, fucking luge uniform for when you're in the winter olympics that's yep. just that looks heavy i think that it'll probably change and adjust with which every outing i think she's going to be one of those it's she's going to become one of those superstars like yo what is she wearing out today right which is which again is good like something good came out of that um also good i gotta say ziggler's promo with ambrose on ms tv was really good it was like all right way to make Way to actually make people give a shit about Miz, uh, about Miz TV and Ziggler, for that matter. Plus the plus the finisher of it was to me was one of those. All right, yep. showing balls. That's it. Yeah, I that like super that. kick was tight, man. He, he he and Ambrose sold it well. I was like, well, fuck. Yeah, I, I'm. When it comes to these two going head to head, 
if either one loses, it's like a disappointment to me. But it's it's a good lead up to their first uh, meet up SmackDown for the championship. I think that you know it was funny. I think when when you were on the show last, I said that Kevin Nash said that he would like to be like Miz's bodyguard, like uh, not Miz, uh, Ziggler's bodyguard, a la HBK. And I said, you know what? I could accept that. <laughs> yeah, I said I listen. If it'll put uh, uh, heel Ziggler back into you know, heat contention, and uh, that's cool. But, you know, I was told that, you know, maybe, you know, Nash won't be able to run, walk down the ramp, of course, because it's breaking, you know, fucking fucking up his quads. Fuck shit. it, put him on a but segue. Said, <laughs> no, but I said, even if you couldn't get Nash, I would probably even say that. I would probably put Baron Corbin with him, reason why, because of the history he had with Ziggler. Right. And I know he's supposed to be the lone wolf. But I can see why those two would probably work together. Like it's, it, it, it seems like something that could work. And the, then, uh, him and Corbin. Yep. No. It's I, going that route. It's like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Like that is okay. Exactly. That is definitely okay. I do got to say that you know the other good moment, and and this just goes to show you that as much as we clown, you know, people clown him. That Cena and Del Rio match was solid, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, for that to be his swan song, yeah. Yep. <laughs> like, which which we will uh, get into momentarily, uh, but yeah, it was it was good, yeah. man. But they they they've always had chemistry though. Yep. That's the that's the that's the good thing about those two. You know, a lot of people like to give shit to Cena about five moves of Dune or whatever, but like we say, when you put Cena in there with a person who works, yep. he does well. I think him and, and AJ Cena are going to crush it. Right. If you put him in there with somebody that he that he needs to bring up, it's not going to work. Ryback, we're looking at you, kid. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I I definitely feel that you know for the two shows to to close it out towards SummerSlam, they were okay. They weren't great, but they did their job. Um, I did want right. to get into some some other wrestling news. They actually uh, and by the way, and by the way, Randy beating the shit out of Heath Slater, <laughs> it's like. Uh, it was how, it was how, oh how, like you said how far are we gonna go with well that this? was the whole thing man when he was like calling Shane Stephanie and Daniel Bryan McFoley I'm like all right oh hey I told him no mercy hey that's not a bad idea for our first pay per view yep no mercy I'm Thanks like come on later. it's like oh yep wow yeah it was it was bad we couldn't we huh yeah I relegated <laughs> that I definitely relegated relegated that to bad territory for sure. Um <laughs> I did want to switch gears and talk about two things. Uh, we actually found out the cause of death for Balls Mahoney. Turned out he had a heart attack. Uh, unfortunately, not a shocker. Nope, not a shocker. It is a sad case. Not a yeah. shocker, but like I always say, and I've said this before, it's I, it sounds morbid, but I'm always glad when it's not drugs. Yeah, yeah. As fucked up as it, it sounds, it, I'm glad when it's not because, again, it becomes the new story for, you know, the next week. Oh, you know, drug use in the wrestling industry. Oh, but, you know, they'll find a way to tie it in because they'll say, oh, he had a enlarged heart due to yep. whatever. But the best thing is to, you know, is to put up front. It's like, once again, this is not a drug-related case. Yep, once again. Um, on the injury side of things, Shelton Benjamin... Uh, gave people uh, he did a uh, he popped up on Jim Ross's podcast. He said that he ended up tearing his rotator cuff while uh, while hey. taking a suplex during an event at Pro Wrestling Noah. Eesh. So 
you know, it um he worked with the rotator t- with the rotator cuff torn for two and a half months, man. And as yeah, some, that's what I was saying that he's he, it's it's been a nagging injury for yep. a while. As somebody who's had who's had rotator cuff issues, man, for him to tear it like, well, oh, man, it's insane. You know, I mean, I'm sure the recovery time he's saying is possibly six months, maybe a year tops. So, you know, I th- I think WWE is going to leave the door open for him because he showed a willingness to to come back. You know, like guys like they were saying, like you know, guys like MVP, Tommy Dreamer, those guys allegedly. You know, they, they didn't, they felt that they were possibly insulted by the offers that they got. So, you know, I think, I think WWE's not gonna, not gonna shoot a, you know, look a gift horse in the mouth, so to speak, and shoot themselves in the foot. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I would prefer, I know they have to do some type of billing sometimes because, you know, they want to get, a, you know, fan participation and anticipation for um, incoming wrestlers, but, I don't think they should make that those announcements too much, like especially for that. They should be more of a surprise than anything. Yeah, I, uh, I think that you know they did it with uh, you know they did it again with Kurt Hawkins, and um, you know I like Kurt Hawkins, but you got to take advantage of that relationship with him and Ryder. Like that's a great way to just create a little group of a little faction right there. Uh, the King of Queens, and now he has these 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 vignettes and promos that are also similar and reminds me of uh, Matt Hardy version one. That's right. It's uh, <laughs> Kurt Hawkins could slam a revolving door. It's yep. Like, <laughs> it's like cool. All right. Yeah, I think uh, definitely. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to his to his return. I, but like I said, take advantage of that that relationship with Ryder. It might even may- be interesting if you wanted to kind of do something with Mojo too. Like Ryder starts hanging out more so with Kurt Hawkins, like, "Yo, man, this is my boy," and Mojo's like, "Yo, man, but we're a tag." You know what I mean? Like, you could you could build some good stories there. I hope so because Jesus, if anybody knows, I'm not a big fan of fucking Mojo. Nope, uh, neither am I. Don't feel bad. Uh. <laughs> I um, I got the the press release from TNA that Billy Corrigan is officially. Uh, promoted to president of Impact Ventures, which is the parent company of TNA, and Dixie Carter now is been has been named chairman and chief strategy officer. Meaning, we're going to give you this title, and it is essentially the same titles that Robert De Niro had in Casino. <laughs> You're just You're, the face. That's it. You're, You're the vice president of beverage. <laughs> we make sure you concession goes through you. That's it. Like, like, you know, it, it's crazy because it's like, who would have thought that the dude that was like the front man for Smashing Pumpkins is like the president of TNA? Listen, you know, I said, I said, it, he's been a wrestling fan for X amount of years, and he's been dying to find a way to get in. He wanted to start even his own promotion. That's right. He was, was in talks to possibly working with Global Force, but he, you know, there was the, he, he wanted an in. And he got in in less than a year. This is what he's gotten in less than a year. So. On, and you know what it is? It's it, You know, I kind of feel, uh, and, and it's still a long ways off, but there have been some bright moments on Impact. Yeah, I, 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 I've been very entertained at what's been going on. There's a lot of, there's a lot of talent that they have there that, that, that are showing some, some light in their character uh, 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 breakthroughs and stuff like that, but I'm just still not a fan on how they're doing booking. Is yep, no, I, I'm not. This shit with Bobby Lashley with all three belts, oh 
2K16 booking at its finest. Yep, I, I definitely can agree with that. I, I understand that you're trying to, to make Bobby Lashley a force. You know, you're trying to make him this, this this you know, the, the pillar of your company. And don't misunderstand. I think that that's a smart move because Lashley has the crossover appeal. I mean, don't get me wrong. He still looks like a, like a giant. He still looks like, like, a, like one of the battle toads. But still, aside from that, and his Ninja Turtle head, he's all right. You know, like he's obviously you're not going to get Brock Lesnar, but he does have that crossover appeal with Bellator and stuff like that. There's there's a way to do something with him, and that's great, but you're doing it at the expense of your belt. He's basically like um, the original Apollo Crews. And yep. I can't, I, it's another one, I can't stand, I can't take heel Bobby Lashley. I'm not a fan of heel Bobby Lashley. It's so weird. You put a headband on him and now he's a bad guy. It's like, ugh, I think it. I think he puts on the headband to hide his abnormally small ears. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also, it's also a thing to wear. Like, that's I get just... what you're saying as well with the with the, the it's like it to me it's like if you just gave Brock Lesnar the heavyweight title the U.S. title and the Intercontinental title I said, yep fuck it since he's an MMA that's what he does yep he gets all the belts exactly and that's what they're doing and I understand like I said the long game but you're sacrificing titles and performers that can really bring some prestige to that you know like Zima like all that work that Zima Ion did to get past nearly crippling that guy a few years back. Right. And now now it's like, all right, you know, Bobby Lashley has your belt. <laughs> like, okay. And what's now they're, 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 they're changing their... They're changing the one belt. belt which, yeah, which I'm glad they actually did that because... That belt was fucking I, worthless. Yeah. <laughs> that was a worthless belt. That's the kind of belt... that It's like I am the champion of fucking paper clips and donut eating. Like... Get out of here. And it's probably, it's probably one of the worst match stipulations that you could ever put together when it comes to wrestling. Yep. Fucking put the belt. A mountain match. Put the belt on back on the hook. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, while you're up there, put screw in this light bulb that Dixie forgot to fucking put up earlier today, being, you know, the head of janitorial services. <laughs> and did, did you hear? Did you hear how, what what the new belt is going to be about? Yeah, they're going to do like kind of with MMA rules and judging and rounds. I'm like, eh. I said that. Uh, yeah, it's just Who another belt for Bobby Lashley to win. <laughs> 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 it's their MMA belt. That's what that is. Oh no, I'm glad, I'm glad that somebody, but their bright idea was that. Yep. But I'm like, who does the judging? You already know the storyline angle is going to be that one of the judges is bought or they're crooked. Of course, you know it's like, uh, yeah. It was it was it was crazy stuff, man. I um, I did want to talk about a co- two other things. Um, I heard that Sabu is doing a uh, they're doing a GoFundMe. Rob Van Dam actually put out a video because Sabu needs uh, hip surgery, and the the GoFundMe is going to cover pre-op procedures, the surgery, and post-op, including physical therapy. They're trying to raise fifty thousand dollars. Jesus. I mean, I don't they know. Have that, they have to build him a whole body of what that guy's been through. Well, yeah, that's the other thing too. I mean, I, I, you know, the GoFundMe thing is like I understand, and I, and you know, I, I definitely would would be inclined to to donate. But it's it's also interesting because 
a lot of people were saying like, you know, are the, are these those situations where if he had a legends deal, he would, right. you know, he wouldn't be, he, he, he'd be better taken care of. And then it, the, I remember, the court, he's one of those guys that's on that, that the litigation with the whole concussion right. uh, suit against WWE. He's on that as well. And there's always been, there's always been on and off again, rumors about substance abuse issues. So are those still rumors or I thought those were declared. Like, oh, well, I, <laughs> like, you know what it is? I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, allegedly. right. Well, that's what I mean. I don't want to disparage the guy if, if he's clean, but there's always been yeah, that. Videos. He's not doing drugs on the shoe videos. No, 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 not at all. No, it's all good. But it's just interesting yeah. because when people saw the GoFundMe, I mean, I saw the video, and you know, it's cool that Rob Van Dam's going up to bat for for his boy, and that's cool. I was like, man, you know, if he wasn't in that lawsuit, or if he would have got a Legends deal, would you know, even if he got a Legends deal to pop up on occasion, would would we be at this stage, you know? And and you listen. No one could be surprised if even like WWE, who they've been known to do certain things, that they'll go, we'll throw twenty thousand in there. Like you know, they'll they'll they've been known to be charitable yep. for, to people who've been dickheads to them. I agree. It's just a matter that it, that the wound is a little too fresh for the uh, the concussion lawsuit. Right. And then I heard that right. that Bagwell. Bagwell is coming out of nowhere like, oh, you guys got to pay me for royalties. I'm like, dude, come on. Royalties for what? I have not seen anything Bagwell related. Yeah, to man. He's trying to put anywhere. a lawsuit together for like royalties and stuff. And I'm like, all right, dude. Again, Bagwell, you were cool when you were there, but yeah. They didn't even make a create a wrestler or a fucking a downloadable content for, for a WWE game. What else royalties at? So oh, please. Listen, I I will I will say that I would I would rather have uh, Scott and Rick Steiner in a game any day of the week before Bagwell. I would take Scotty Riggs over Bagwell. <laughs> With or without the eye patch is the question. I'll take one half of the American males, and it won't be Bagwell. <laughs> That's it. Scotty Riggs with the eye patch and Van Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> that's it i'll, t- I'll take those oh, two or the demon i'll take the demon oh my god dale well. torborg yes <laughs> i um interesting news story big show was saying that that he um that this year may be his last with wwe and that he's in the best shape of his life as he prepares for his match with Shaq at wrestlemania <laughs> I have nothing you know, to say to that. He does look good, though. If you've seen his pictures, yeah. he does look really good. He was doing, like, yoga. I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, that DDP yoga is a truth, man. Yeah, I know a couple a couple people that are doing that. But it's just crazy because he's like, you know, Big Show's 44 years old. And whenever you want to have a freak show match, it's always the Big Show and, like, Akabono. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can always bring Big Show out. That, and I watched that be like the niche that happens for him. He'll be the undertaker of like goofball matches. Like, yep. That's what you're gonna see at Mania. It'll be like fucking Big Show versus Fetty Wap. Or oh my like god! That. You never know. <laughs> I mean, him him fighting Shaq is kind of cool, especially because Shaq is just a massive human being. But unless Shaq all of a sudden comes out there and has like legit wrestling skills, it's gonna be a fucking it's going to be the I got to go take a leak match 
of WrestleMania. Oh God! Can you only imagine? It'll. I'm just picturing Carl Malone with yes, <laughs> with Carl Malone. I just that's all I picture. One body slam, and let him learn one big move finisher, and that's it. I gotta say, man, that you know it's interesting also because you know we talked about the Big Show facing Shaq. But it's also interesting because Goldberg is making appearances this weekend for WWE. I've been saying it for months now. Uh-huh. Since they announced him for the 2K17 yep. game, I've been saying it for months. WWE wants to rectify the disaster that it was. Yep. And they're building up Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg. And you know what's funny? There's been, there have been little videos back and forth between them. Might I add? I'm telling. I think now we are in a society where we're acceptable of one shots. Yep, part timers. You know, years, yeah, because years ago we were upset that Brock left. We were upset that Goldberg was leaving, and you know, I think we're we're able to understand what business is. Yep. So that one shot, I, I I'm just hoping. Don't bring Stone Cold into ref. No, 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 like, no. Fuck you. I'm not doing that again. Listen, I'll take Goldberg. <laughs> Lesnar mania with Goldberg going in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Go, it, it's going, and I don't know why, but okay, whatever. You know what it is, man. As much as as much as people give Goldberg shit, I gotta be honest. He was a after the whole after the NWO thing kind of started to wane. Goldberg fucking strapped that company on his back, dude. I gotta I gotta keep it real. He did. Yeah, but you know what? There's like. There's, like, so many individuals that we saw that had, like, a good one-year, possibly two-year run, like, that kind of thing going on. Right. And it's like, uh, he's, he's still, I, I'm still rubbed the wrong way by him. And I would not be happy to see him go in before the likes of, like, a Kurt Angle or some shit well, like that. Well, answer, answer me this. Aside from that, do you feel Goldberg is a Hall of Famer? Is he Hall of Fame material in your eyes? I know I'm going to get shit for this, but no, I really don't. I don't think so. I don't think he's Hall of Fame material. No? And, and and not to knock an all of it, because there's a lot of motherfuckers in there that's not Hall of Fame. That was Hall of Fame material either. They they they, they shouldn't be there, but I don't think so. I don't think he is, he's that. He, he, was, he was a great novelty for that moment, but I don't think. I would put him up. I wouldn't put him up there. I gotta. I gotta be honest. And this is, you know, if you look at if you look at WCW as a whole, I would honestly, I'd put in, I'd put in, I'd put in Steiner before I put in Goldberg. I'll put in Luger. Is Luger in there? I don't think so. No, Luger's not in. Well, he also did almost. I think he is kind of partially responsible for Miss Elizabeth being dead. So <laughs> I kind of. <laughs> You have Sonny in there. You have a porn star. In there. Yeah, but but Sonny kind of just turned the corner after that. So <laughs> you know, like like right, I'm t- her Skype videos were, were they didn't count. Yeah, her Skype videos didn't count. <laughs> but I gotta I gotta be honest. It's like when I look at WCW, you know, and you know Jimbo. I asked Jimbo Slice. I said, you know, is Goldberg a Hall of Famer? And he said, yes, 100 percent, because strictly the impact he had on the business and taking his statement. That goes back to what I was saying. It's like, yeah, the guy had a good year or so, but he was another guy that was WC, who WCW would send to, you know, late night with this guy and, you know, talk show appearance on this. You know what I mean? He was that guy. Yeah, but, but 
that's what I'm saying. Like I, I like I, I watched the Goldberg DVD, and I I was there during the hell. I was the one that was bouncing back and forth from WCW to WWF. At the As time. was I, and I was the one. You know, when I knew Goldberg was going to go on, I changed over, of course. But being, being older than I am, I and he made the the, the mention of impact. What? I don't. What, am I missing something? What impact am I missing? Well, I here's. I don't see what impact he made. Well, no. Here's here's what I would to go back to what I said before. You got to remember the NWO came in. WCW got on the map. Then the NWO became. Then WCW just sabotaged their own creation. You had NWO black and white, NWO red and black, NWO LWO fucking blue world. All you know, it was just a fucking clusterfuck. So. The novelty of the NWO wore off. So remember, this was right before, you know, Booker T ascended from being GI bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, and, and you got to look at that too. It's like Booker T's a Hall of Famer, and it's like it took Booker, Booker T was in that same role at one point. You know, I, to, I, I would have if you're going to talk about somebody who impacted, I would have said Diamond Dallas Page before Goldberg. I agree. Oh, I would take that bit. Yeah, I would take him before Goldberg. I like would take he, he changed the game at WCW. Like he was the one that was anti NWO and stood that way. Right. And uh, but you know what he, it was? And he he came from his old background, right? His elderly wrestling and <laughs> no. became a champ. I would take him. <laughs> no, I understand, yeah. but but you know what it is when you look at when you look at Goldberg's body of work, he he became WCW's manufactured superstar. You know what I mean? Like it when, when it came down to it. He was a homegrown product that actually succeeded in getting them mainstream appeal. And to that respect, I, un- I, can, I can understand why WWE would want to acknowledge that. But I'll tell you this. If Sting hadn't gone in there first, I would be pissed off, you know? Oh, yeah. Because Sting, you know, you Sting. Ever seen his D- you ever seen his DVD? His DVD is like 24 minutes long. <laughs> yeah, but you know what it is? Goldberg, Goldberg was created to be that guy, you know, to carry the company into the next, into, you know, into the next millennia, so to speak. And he did, but they sabotaged him too. This is the same guy who lost to a fucking cattle prod. And look at this. <laughs> WWE and, and THQ and 2K have prided themselves on, you know, their showcases. You know, they had the Stone Cold one right. and all that stuff, right? This year they threw up their hands and they said, we can't do one for Brock, and we can't do one for Goldberg. It's like, what showcase can we do for these guys? It's like, what, we there's there's really nothing to tell. Like, you, I don't you know, know what? I, I don't know. I would I would probably if I had to do a story mode, I would do the streak because think about it, dude. He did have some crazy moments during that streak. Him jackhammering the Big Show to this day will always stick but, out. <laughs> but that would be the sort of showcase because you would have to do every match in less than a minute. Yep, but that, but that's the achievement. <laughs> that's, you would always fail. <laughs> that's the achievement. You had you'd start the match and you'd have to hit the spear and and the and the jackhammer before like two minutes. Yeah, and that's the other thing. The impact he's had. The man had the jackhammer, the spear, and his fucking his sloppy and brutal back kick like oh i i don't know i just i mean I you know jimbo slice sends me a text message he said goldberg was the closest thing to wcw's hogan at one point and i got and oh I, god no all right I'm, hey, tony needs to tap out <laughs> no nah, you, you know what it is I, I you know what it is i i'm looking at that from the perspective that 
when Hogan put him over and Goldberg became the man, you know, literally for right. the company. Dude, that was a fucking huge moment. Because it's like Hogan wasn't putting over nobody. You know, like I said, I, I'm still a thing where it's like, you know, I mean, I was there, I watched it. I saw, you know, he he, he won the belts, he had him in his hand, and I'm like, yeah, and I, I cheered. And I was like, but still at the end, of it, I'm looking and I'm going, okay. Like, <laughs> I, th- I think there's a ton of other people who, who go will go in front of him. I you know, know, you know what I, the problem is? <laughs> you know what? No, but you know what it is? And I, and I get where you're coming from, too. The thing is, when you look at WCW's body of work, and I'm being completely dead ass when you look at wcw's body of work and you're talking about guys that made that company and i mean real dudes and i'm not talking about the guys that came in from someplace else but i'm talking about wcw homegrown guys it was diamond dallas page sting rick flair you know booker t towards the end jeff jarrett whether you love it or hate it scotty steiner and goldberg you know what I mean? Like when you strip away everybody that came in and left and came in and left, those were the guys, and, and Lex Luger to a point, you know, those guys were the bricks of that company in varying degrees. And I believe that all of them at one point or another should get the Hall of Fame nod. I, I, I take it as I am always, and I'm probably going to get crucified for this one as well, but. I would have probably equated Goldberg's career at WCW to Ultimate Warrior's career at WWF, except that Ultimate Warrior had charisma. Like he had, he had people. He was able to, you know, have them in the palm of his hands for a moment. Yep. Goldberg was just a presence. Goldberg. He was a presence. Yeah. He was a presence. That's what it was. Like when you went. Yeah. When that guy walked out, wrestler or not, or wrestling fan or not, it's like casual fans know that name. You know what I mean? Right. Like if you tell if you if you if you tell yeah. a casual fan, hey, do you remember Scott Flash Norton? They'll be like, who? <laughs> or, or 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 Sick Boy or Van Hammer? Flash Funk. Yeah, Flash, Flash Funk, Funk or you know. Uh, Ultimo Dragon, like, unless you're a hardcore fan, you're gonna know Ultimo Dragon. You're gonna know Dean Malenko and the Man of a Thousand Holds, you know? Like, shit like that, but when you talk about WCW, and I, and, and you should, you should, you could have some fun with this. Walk into work tomorrow and just be like, if I ask you to name me five people from WCW and see who they come up with, I bet you at least 80% of the time Goldberg's on that list. One of my boys, he tells me, he, he hasn't watched wrestling in years. And he goes, yo, I was watching the commercial for that new uh, that new wrestling game that's coming out soon. Yo, they're they going to have Goldberg in there? Yep. Yo, that was my fucking dude. Exactly. Like, but that's what it was. Really? <laughs> but that's <laughs> like, what it was, really? man. That's what it was. Like, when it comes down to, to casual fans, dude, Goldberg reached that audience because he he was larger than life. Like, I worked with a guy. His name is Matt. He lives in California now. He said, yo, Goldberg is my dude, man. There's nothing makes me happier than seeing a Jew drop people on their heads. I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? But, but, but that's what I mean. Like, like he, like well, he was, I guess, I guess that's his, that's his groundbreaking entry into the yeah. Hall of Fame that a Jew who drops <laughs> people on their heads. There you go. But, um, 
it's funny because, like I said, he's going to be in New York. He's doing appearances for, and, and you know, they're saying that all the appearances are on behalf of 2K. But it's right. just uh, interesting. Very, very, very tongue in cheek. Yep. If, if, if I do say so myself, I, I think that if Lesnar beats Orton, which we'll go through the picks in a few minutes, I wouldn't be shocked if if you get the the Goldberg coming out with the cops. You know, dude. I'm, yo, I was just saying it for my show this week. I said, I said if Lesnar and Orton close, because I don't believe. The championships are going to close um, SummerSlam because I don't think each show wants to make their show seem like they're the better show by having their, their belts closed. Lesnar and Orton might close. I said there has to be a unveiling of something that happens. But yep. you're right. It didn't escape. It, I didn't think. I thought Taker because there's rumors of Taker coming out. But you're right. Goldberg would possibly the most logical choice to come out at the end of SummerSlam. Yep. And and dude. In that building, it, it, it they're gonna blow the roof off when that dude comes yeah, out. Yeah, that, that that's gonna fuck. It will explode, and then to, and he'll come out on Raw. It'll be even more crazy. Yep. Yeah, and and you know, I would I, I would I would laugh my ass off if not, he spears not Brock. I'm sorry. Huh? <laughs> I said still not Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, I, no, I, I I definitely get where you're coming from, dude. I don't, you know, you're enti- <laughs> You're definitely entitled to that. I like I said, it's funny because he's one of those guys that he'll come out. Part timer or not, and people will fucking mark out. You know, oh, yeah. like yeah. that's you can't that can't even be ignored. On onto one other thing I did want to mention, of course, and I mentioned this at the top of the show. Uh, wellness violations. Alberto Del Rio. Ooh. See you in thirty. <laughs> followed by his uh, his English sex puppet page. See you in thirty. Is this really his first though? Yep, it is his first. Oh, I'm surprised. I didn't think it would be his first. It is also her first, but it makes me wonder, man, because if if you've been keeping up, and I'm sure you have, Paige has kind of always been the subject of, you know, uh, diva that was seen, you know, um, detained by police, you know, and shit like that. And I'm yeah. just like, I'm like, eh, something else might be afoot. I, I'm looking at, you know, they're going to be out soon. They're They're going to leave. They're gonna do the punk and Paige. I mean, the punk and uh, yeah. AJ. Uh, AJ, this is their this is their little bye bye. She's young, you know. She she thinks she knows it all. She could always run back to mommy's promotion, mommy and daddy's promotion back in England. Yep. Uh, he's always had a chip on his shoulder. He whatever. I, I I think this is their their pretty much their preparation of their swan song, and it I, sucks because both are talented. Yep. But, I, but you know what it is? It's it's a it's a it's a dent for for a show like SmackDown, you know, because it's like a guy like Del Rio, whether you love him or hate him, it's like you're trying to cap the you're trying to cultivate the quote unquote Latino audience, you know. And it's yeah, I'm 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 already betting it's pot. They both smoke pot with each other. You think it's pot? Yeah, I think it's pot. I don't know that little white powder. Yeah, I I kind of feel that Paige might be into the uh, the the the, par- the party powder. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I think she's into the party powder and, you know, she started dating Del Rio and, you know, she got, she was like, hey, you know, take a hit of this and Del Rio being Del Rio is like, yo, I got, I got to keep up with this little young chick. I'm not exactly young. Yeah, uh, you know. <laughs> Dame ese polvo, mami. <laughs> that's, what, that's what that nigga was yelling. Dame ese polvo. 18 Boy, lines. Mommy, that's it. 18 <laughs> lines of, of baby powder. Like, what are you doing? But, um, 
We're gonna we'll, we'll see them in thirty. We'll see what happens with them in thirty days. Um, before we get into the wrestling picks, we know our friends at House of Glory got a show this Friday. Our very own Jay Santi will be there with the regulars, uh, including Josie's oh. boy. Uh, great, great matches on deck, including the Hardy Boys uh, back together. We, we'll see if it's Broken Brother Nero or not, along with uh, Matt Hardy taking on the private party, which is huge. Yeah, that's 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 big, especially for for a private party. They're they're going against their idols, and these yep. guys are young, man. They're young kids, and they actually being able, especially for Isaiah Cassidy, who's barely 19 years old and that's he's right going against his idol it's like it's it's a big thing a big accomplishment for them yep and then of course ec3 putting the belt on the line against smiley which i think is going to be a ridiculous match <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 hoping for shenanigans in that match as well oh i'm sure there's going to be some i think there'll be shenanigans in that galloway chris dickinson match too oh man that is that's the one i'm looking forward to man if you guys have not seen chris dickinson youtube him the guy is a fucking monster. That is going to actually be a really good match. And I got to say this, man. Sonya Strong, you know, who's been a guest on, on TRSS, man. She's come a long way when she's doing a match with, with Mickey James. Another one. Another one who's, who's meeting their idols as well. Hey, man, no, listen. Alpha Glory even had a friend stop by at their, their, their school today. Yes, they did. Uh, the legit boss themselves. Check it out on their YouTube, on their House of Glory page on Facebook. They That's have right. the legit boss, Sasha Banks, in there in their house. Yep, Sasha Banks getting uh, getting to work in, and then EA James taking on Big Daddy Cruz. I saw EA James wrestle at the uh, Lucha Libre promotion uh, not that long ago. Yeah. Man, really talented young young prospect. Long way, yeah, long way as well. Yeah, he's come a long way. Yeah, so definitely, yeah, yeah, a packed weekend. Like I said, we got. Takeover. We got SummerSlam. We got House of Glory here in New York. We got UFC uh, 202. But uh, let's get into these picks. Uh, we got NXT Takeover. We got the debut of Ember Moon. She's going to be taking on Billy Kay, who is essentially black-haired Stacy Keebler. Pretty, pretty much. Or, or, or it's um, uh, isn't she like the black-haired Eva Marie with the way she dresses? When she now she is. Yeah, a little bit with the long trench coat yeah. with the long cape right. or whatever that is. Yeah. Uh, Ember Moon looks incredibly promising. I've seen some house show footage of her. Uh, has a little bit of that Mortal Kombat vibe. And she has a finisher that is amazing. Yep. I've heard good it's, things. It's like a, it's, yeah, it's like a jumping RKO type thing. It's, 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 it's sick. I also, um, what we know, we both know at this point, it's a no-brainer. Ember Moon is just so going over. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that finisher is going to be shown that night. Yep. People are going to lose their shit. Um, Austin Aries, No Way Jose. Oh, there's no... Uh, as much as uh, as much as much No Way Jose is in, in, in Brooklyn with all his Dominican people is going to be at, yep. Austin's definitely going over. Got to be. Got, I agree with that. I think they're going to let... And, no, everybody, and everybody likes him, and, 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 I, and I think he's, he's cool, but I'm not really sold on him yet. But, yeah, it's, it's definitely Austin. I don't like his baseball player punch shit that he does. <laughs> I don't like that. I'm like, I'm like, yo, really, Pedro Martinez? What are you doing? <laughs> Beat it, fucking scram. Dress like, dress like Man, a. He does. He does. He dress does like a palero. Right, and he does his festus, his festus changeover when <laughs> he gets disrespected. Yeah, I don't like he it. He was very angry. <laughs> don't like it. I also, I also, you know, Bobby Roode debuting with his kick-ass theme song. Taking on Andrade Cien Almas. Um, 
as I, you clearly know that Cien's honeymoon is over because Bobby Roode is not losing. Can we change that guy's name already? It's oh like, my god! It's like, oh, just nobody put him- in the nobody in North in, in North America could actually say the freaking name fully unless you're Mexican. That's so. that's Mexican. That's Magic. I'm Mi- glad that you actually were able to pull it out. Yeah, dude, that's Magic Miguel right there, kid. Instead of Magic Mike, it's like, yo, why do you <laughs> come out dressed like yeah. a like a like a Chippendales dancer, dude? Like, what is the deal? You know that. We joked a, about his Instagram. The, how feather, the feather in his cap. Yeah, it's like, nah, keep it moving. Um, Gargano and Ciampa taking on Dash and Dawson. I think we're going to see a title change. And I think uh, Johnny Wrestling and the uh, the Psycho are going to put in that work. I believe so, too. And I like those guys. Uh, that match that they put up against each other. In, um, was amazing. Uh, Cruiserweight Classic was amazing. Uh, but them as a tag team, which I never thought that they were going to do, but they, they, they finally pulled the, they, they pulled the trigger on it. I think they're, they're walking away with the belts. Yep. I think they're walking away with the belts. They're going to get a team name, and that's going to be that. And I kind of have a nagging suspicion that we might, we might see Dash and Dawson on the main card sooner rather than later, just because they got that old school uh, vibe to them, you know? Hey, I, heard, I, I was hearing rumblings of the same thing, but I'm not quite sure yet because I think they still – want to uh, push that tag division right now. So, uh, yeah, I, I see uh, Tommaso and Gargano getting over. Yep, I agree. I mean, those guys that they got now, TM6, TM6-1 are pretty dope. Yeah, man, they've been good. They're, you know, if you, if you guys haven't seen them, check them out on YouTube. They have a lot more stuff as in tag team moves that's, like, unbelievable. Yeah, instead of the uh, instead of the uh, the authors of pain, or as I like to, or as I like to say, the uh, the West Indian bouncers. That's the old shield, um, the the extra, the extra, the, the extra, extra larges that they couldn't. Um, that's it. That didn't fit um, Ambrose and them. That's the same one. Yep, seriously, dude. I'm like, all right, I I get where they're going, but it's like those guys not talking. Like if Paul Ellering doesn't start talking soon, that shit's gonna wear thin quickly. But the 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 idea was is that they wanted to bring him in as the Samoan SWAT team, but I think somebody put the kibosh on that. So they was like, all right, we're the authors of pain, whatever. Yeah. Um, Bailey and Asuka, tough one. Uh, it is a tough one, but Bailey does not walk out the champion that day. She does really. She, this is this this is her swan, and I think she'll be coming up to the main card soon. Uh, Asuka heel turn. I kind of feel it. It should be. It should have been done a long time ago. Kind of feel it. Like she's kind of been acting yeah. heelish in the buildups. Yeah, it should have been done a long time ago. I'm not a fan of this. Uh, this this fan favorite Oscar, more of her being more of a a heelish bitch, if you is. No, but yeah, I'd see it happening. All right, man, big one, Nakamura, Samoa Joe. Oh man, that is huge. All we know is that that's gonna fucking be a light up. Nakamura has been a top five match in every match that he's been in. That's yep. been pay per view, and this is not gonna be any different, especially with a guy like fucking Joe. Uh, Will he go over? Is the question. Oh man, uh, I'm gonna say I got. I gotta say yeah. He's gotta get. The, he's gonna. He's gonna win. He's gonna take the belt. Okay. Now, question: Does Joe stay down there for the rematch? Yes. He okay. Stays down. Uh, I wanted to say that he would stay down there long enough to be a surprise entry for Royal Rumble, but he okay. might. I've been convinced that he might get a, a early call up, possibly, especially for SmackDown. 
All right. Now, um, if that's the case, uh, potential uh, potential challengers, probably Bobby Roode or Austin Aries, right? That's automatic, yeah. That's unless that's unless right. we get the uh, the heel turn Hideo Itami. That's another one, too, who's been looking really, really good the past couple of matches in NXT. It looks like he's... He's um he's progressing well injury injury wise, and I don't think it'll be a heel turn. It'll be one of those um, uh, uh, compadres comrade type fights. Yep. But that can turn into that can turn into a turn later on. Yep. But yeah, no, I, I can see it happen. And you know, there they have individuals who have uh, been let go from their certain contracts or certain promotions. So somebody might be making return back to NXT. This is true. If the rumors are correct, you never know. We could see a, uh, I don't know, a, a boozer cruiser. That's glorious. <laughs> a glorious boozer cruiser. And, right. and let's not forget the, uh, the potential for a Roderick strong appearance. Oh, don't tease me. Don't nah, tease dude. Me. I, I mean, I've that, been wait I've been waiting for it for a minute. I know that it's 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 been spoken off for the longest, but um yeah, it's 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 happening soon. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, switching gears yeah. to the big dance. Um SummerSlam, Eva Marie, Natalia, and Alexa Bliss taking on Carmella, Naomi, and Becky Lynch. Uh probably the opening match of the evening. I gotta say that you put all this work into Naomi and Becky Lynch is gonna be the flag bearer for that division, so I think they're gonna go over. Yeah, it'll be a three-on-two because Eva Marie yep. did not wrestle. That's right. Oh, she will be late. Yeah. Um, I tell you, her Metro car didn't work. That's it. To the arena, so. <laughs> Jericho and Kevin Owens taking on the uh, the realest guys in the room. I, you know, I did say, I did say that Big Cass and Enzo should go over because they're in Brooklyn. Right. WWE are jerks, and they would they would <laughs> let Jericho and fucking Owens go over and just just to, just to squash that. Well, I kind of feel that Owens is going to walk out on Jericho, and Jericho's just going to get his ass whooped. Possibly because then it could be building up for something on Raw, right? But uh, I don't know. I, 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 okay, so I'll, I'll keep it. I'll say Cass and Enzo. Yep, I I too will stay with that. John Cena and AJ Styles. Oh, would he just do the job? Cena, Cena just do the job, and let's and AJ wins. Yeah, I think so. I I think AJ's going to get put over. I think Cena, Cena sees you know he sees something in AJ, and I've seen and you know he's met he's kind of alluded to it in interviews like yo man you know I need guys to 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 carry the to carry the bag so to speak, and I think AJ's that guy. He has the, you know he has the, the the ability. His promo work still needs a little work, but he can he can definitely mix it up, man. And I think if we we had like a Dolph Ziggler champion against AJ. That would be a tremendous match. Yeah, and it, and it works on all parts. It basically the fans will really be behind it fully. Um, Cesaro and Sheamus first of the uh, best of seven. Sheamus goes over. Uh, Cesaro is going to do the the underdog comeback. He'll be down by probably like three zero or some shit like that. Okay. Uh, Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Brock is not losing, man. Yeah, there's no way. It's no it's way. no way. Like it would take something huge. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he's gonna try and catch an RKO, like a dope one that people are gonna go crazy yeah. for. But Brock Lesnar, he's gonna go for another one, and Brock's just gonna catch him and kill him, and that'll be it. Yeah, it's gonna be one of those things that where um, Brock is not 
it, there's no there's no way that it's gonna happen. He's probably eat like two RKOs. Yep. Uh Rusev and Roman. Uh New Champ? I'm 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 happy to I'm happy to say that I'm actually loving this angle. I'm loving this work, and I think that Roman will be the new champ. All right, we're really behind him now. Yeah, I think I think it works, and I think he needs it. Plus, everybody hates the foreign guy, so (laughs) (laughs) it's uh, it's easy pickings at this point. But yeah, I I am in agreement. I think Roman is going to go over. Tag titles. It's out of the shenanigans from Lana, but I think Roman will go. Roman will. Yeah, Roman will definitely go over. Uh, Tag match. Uh, New Day and Doctor and and Anderson. I'm I'm I'm, and this is going to lead to what I'm going to tell you late. You know, towards the championship, I'm going to say Gallows and Anderson takes the belt from New Day. No Big E. Okay. Uh, Miz versus Apollo Cruz. New champ. No new champ. Wow. Uh, okay. Cruz, Cruz is not ready as much as Triple H wants to ride the Apollo Cruz train. Shenanigans from Maurice is not going to allow it to happen. It's going to be, it's going to be um, Miz winning. Okay. I um, I kind of felt that they would try and give Cruz the run for a little bit because I feel that they're going to give Cruz the run to set up Corbin and Cruz, and Corbin gets the belt. I think that might be the follow-up coming SmackDown's pay-per-view. That's where the turn the, the belt will be turned over at. Okay. Uh, Sasha Banks and Charlotte, besides being match of the year, possibly. <laughs> I, I'm, not expect, I'm not expecting it to be as, as good as they had it on Monday Night Raw, but I do expect it to be somewhat equal to it. Okay. But Sasha walks away. Yep, I agree. Ambrose and Ziggler. Uh, I'm so I'm so upset because either one I would have I, I wouldn't care, I would care, I, I would like to see win. But I gotta tell you, as much as I want him to win, he's not. Ambrose walks away champ. Okay, I'm actually gonna shoot for Ziggler getting the nod, only because Ambrose championship run while entertaining has left a bit to be desired, and I think that they're gonna try and. And see if Ziggler, you know, all the shit he's talked up for the longest, if if he's gonna put up or shut up, he'll get a short run, right. if anything, in my opinion. I, I I also think that during the Stone Cold podcast, Stone Cold put you know put laid out the challenge to Ambrose to step it up, you know, and I I, I as I, I I said before, I said you know it's a different era when Stone Cold did his run. Right. Compared to what Ambrose, because I always said that Ambrose is it's somewhat of a modern day Stone Cold, but he's got to have that anti-establishment outlook and everything. Right. And it's a different time, but I think this is going to be that 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 put up a shut up for Ambrose. This will be his. He'll, he'll go over and, and and have to do that last that last run. Do you think Ambrose is going to have his Austin three sixteen moment, so to speak? Um. Yes, but it won't be against Ziggler. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Rollins and Balor, universal title. Okay. I am not going to go and say that they're giving the strap to Balor just yet. I can't, I can't see them putting, uh, putting that weight on him yet. And I'm actually going to call that Rollins wins with the help of Anderson and Gallows, which will form 
a new version of the club. They'll huh. make something else. Ah, look at that. That is a that Everybody, is a every that's a shot in the dark. That's a shot in the dark? Okay. I was gonna I know go- a lot of people are sitting there wanting to see the the the, the Balor um, Club. The the Balor Club come together, but I think they're gonna they're gonna go the other way. Okay. And really draw heat. That's really gonna be heat because be like you motherfuckers. I think I think Balor would, is gonna go over because you've put so much energy into creating this character, you know, that I gotta say that even though Balor's not super old, he's not super young in wrestling years. So you want to get the best matches out of him possible. All right. So I honestly think he's going to go over, but it will be short. It'll be the okay. let's send the crowd home happy win. I think they'll be happy anyway because everybody, as much as you want to boo freaking, you know, have the thought that you got to boo Rollins, people love that guy. Or so I, 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 the, other, the other alternative is Balor wins, club comes out, they whoop Rollins' ass, Balor turns heel, and that's that. <laughs> Which was which was another aspect I thought, but I'm going 100 right or die. Club win. Um, club helps uh, Rollins win, and they start off the regime at Raw with all the gold. Okay, there you have it. Yeah. All right, those are our picks, ladies and gents. Uh, anything else you wanted to add? <clears throat> oh man, listen. Make sure you check us out on the regular season sportscast page on Facebook, also on Instagram at regular season sports. Be sure you check out us on the Twitter at RWJSanty, as well as on Snapchat, WaterbedRedRW. Be sure you check out the YouTube page, the regular season sportscast page. Got a lot of stuff I've been adding on there. That's right. People will be very supportive, very, very cool. Looking at them doing reviews, previews of everything sports related. Like that Who 2K17 series? Like that? Yeah. Really next, nice. Next is coming up. Yeah, next is coming up is the um, Madden comes out, so you know I got to do something for that. Yep. Um, make sure you check out everything that's everything that was RageWorks.net. Call me when it's over.com, TRSSpodcast.com, RageWorks, uh, uh, Black is New Black. Guys, <laughs> support the movement. Support there you it. go. We got TRSS Overtime. Views from the 536 section. Matt, fat, Matt. Got more stuff coming. Episode 50 will be out in the next few days. That's it right. ass packed. I got a three-part interview with the man who shot the NYC indie scene, promoter Lorenz Dean. It yep. was ridiculous. I had a two-hour session. I had to break that down in three parts. So wow. be on the lookout for that. Also got surprises on deck. I have a return a return from an individual who was associated with the regular season sportscast. Be on the lookout for that as well. Yep. And once again, 50 episodes, man, it wouldn't happen without RageWorks.net and my boy Rich. Thank you out. Thank you. Thank you very much, brother. Hi, man. I appreciate your assist this week and your contributions for this week's wrestling. Uh, have a blast at the Hog Show, man, and I'll be on the lookout for I episode you 50. There, man. Damn, you should be there. I know, I know man. Being, being an adult... Adulting is hard. It sucks. It sucks. <laughs> All right, brother. All right, brother. Right, Take man. care. Take care. Peace. Squash. There you go. Our very own Jay Santee. Regular season sports cast episode 50 around the corner. Make sure to be on the lookout for that as well as our other shows. Uh, call me when it's over. Black is the new black. And um, call me with. Uh, 
TRSS Overtime views from Section 536. And the very soon to debut variant issue with myself and Jimbo Slice. Be on the lookout for that. It's coming. Uh, first episode is uh, coming together quite nicely. And we're looking forward to blowing your minds with some crazy comic content, uh, breaking down the latest and greatest in comics, collectibles, uh, Marvel, DC, you name it, we skewer it. There you go, guys. I've given you guys my take on MMA and wrestling for this week. Join us next Wednesday at 11.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 Pacific, for the wrestling and MMA edition of My Take Radio. Of course, to keep up with us on social media, you can find My Take Radio on Twitter. You can also follow RageWorks, Rage underscore Works. Look for RageWorks also on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Pinterest if you feel like it. And, of course, any other social media outlets, uh, including Google+, which I'm shocked is still alive. But, yeah, we're there, too. Uh, last but not least, archived episodes of this show and any past shows can be found on RageWorks.net. Uh, video archives are on our YouTube channel, YouTube.com forward slash Official RageWorks. And, of course, audio versions of this very show, along with all our other shows, are on iTunes, Stitcher, and tune in radio. Just punch in my take radio for now, and you'll be able to find episodes of MTR plus TRSS, Black is the New Black, and Call Me When It's Over. We're going to be transitioning that to the RageWorks Network to cover all our shows. And of course, if you want to subscribe to individual shows, you can take the RSS for any of the shows and, ju- and dump them into your podcatcher of choice. Join us later today for the gaming and entertainment edition of My Take Radio at 11.30 p.m. Eastern, 8.30 Pacific, right here on RageWorks.net or MTRLive.com. All right, guys. See you later. Thanks for watching. Peace. I'm rich, bitch. Uh, uh. Hey, everything, everything, that's all, folks.